cliffcentral.com Yo, I put it like wow, this that sound These oaks don't work hard like me, I hope they know by now Bayo Bear, stand my ground Throw these money trees, go overseas like Percy Tao I make sure you stay around, quiet when I'm under loud No negatives allowed, me positivity took a vow I always play to win don't anticipate loss. Mind always in the clown, my boy. Never think about the drop. Never, ever, ever think about the drop. Welcome to it, sports fans. It is the MKT show. I am MKT, and it feels good to be that person. It's been another firecracker of a morning. Uh, the Republic of South Africa, in terms of weather right now, is winning the World Cup uh, 55-0 at halftime. It is an incredible time to be alive in this fine country, and I am loving it. I'm joined by all the boys. And today, um, a lot of people already saying an upgrade on our normal uh, company in studio. Uh, like a massive upgrade in terms of guests, in terms of intelligence, in terms of the type of content we could expect. Uh, it's, it's a massive upgrade from anyone we've had in here who is part of the crew. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, we do have a uh, brand new guest with us here. Um, still working uh on getting his uh his name from him uh ladies and gentlemen have a look at this guest here it is a horse it's a horse it's it's probably you know why the long face is what people are saying already uh did he get dumped we don't know that uh more the more the secretive type as you can tell but far better content than you're expecting from Asenzo Sotebe who obviously went to St. David's and has never had anything good happen there Paulo Diaz of course um Paolo has a cousin who nearly got um, involved with the devil, so we don't know what Paolo's up to. So already this horse quite a bit better uh, than the regular crew and the boys. We will be uh, hearing, of course, from a man yesterday who, for the first time in the history of his life, certainly, was taking advice and actually it, it looked like he was listening. Now, th- there's a lot of accusations being made as to why he was listening. I'm not going to get into that. I'm, that's not who I am. It's just... For whatever reason, he found um, the person delivering the information yesterday, uh, you know, he found the information more wise than any other information ever given to him. So that is what that is. You'll hear from James quite a bit today, uh, like the good old days, as they say. So plenty to get through. Uh, we'll talk Nuno Espirito Santo uh, and Spurs uh, to start things off. And then we will... Um, we, we've got another super athlete in MV, in Vuisi Togo. We didn't have him last time, but we've turned it around. We've turned it around. Uh, things went wrong, and this time we're definitely going to have MV on, and he's a great guy, and I can't wait to introduce him as we go on the road uh, to the Otter African Trail Run for 2021. Uh, and then, of course, in hour two, we'll have the... Gr- it's, it's getting into the fantastic sort of uh, department now. Coach Kerry Keating will be with us in hour two. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, if you're joining us for the first time, by the way, on YouTube, click that thumb. That means I like this show. If you don't like it, it's the down thumb. That means I hate this show and I've never seen... There we go. Why the long face is what I'd ask you if you click the down thumb. So, uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, content will be upgraded because of this guy. And then if you are joining us for the very first time, please make sure to hit subscribe as we are on a road to 8,000 followers on the tubes. Remember, you want the podcast because people are busy, right? Like, oof, I'm working, I'm grinding, I'm trying to make some money so that I, you know, I can get nicer nails or I can get nicer running shoes. I don't know what people do. You know, one of our producers... He's, he's buying a mask with a fan in it. Maybe that's what you're doing. You don't have time to watch the show live. You can listen to the podcast. The podcast is the MKT Show. It's available on cliffcentral.com, the Cliff Central app, Spotify, or wherever you may get your podcast. All right, let's get to it. The MKT Show. 
Cliffcentral.com. You are doing it. We are doing it. And uh, my name is MKT, and you better put some respect on my name. That's my that's my energy today. Because all the boys they had a great morning. They had coffees. You know, I used obviously uh, not single use because I'm trying to save the dolphins, and I actually care about nature and everything that's happening. But James and the rest of the guys, and they don't care. They don't care about the dolphins. They don't want to save the, any tortoises. They don't want to save anybody. They just want to save themselves. But hey, what you going to do with these youngsters? What you going to do with these youngsters? I mean, you know, it's a different world. Uh, Herberga. It, now, how's it from Hamburg? Now, that's up north. Uh, for those who don't know, it is right up north. Great port. Very, very windy. Very, very windy up there. Hamburg is not a place uh, to go and muck about and think you can play bowls and actually do something because the wind will affect your bowls game. It will affect your bowls game. It'll affect football. And they are going through a terrible time right now because their football club is in the mire. But I advise you, if you ever go to Germany, uh, go and see Herr Berger or Berger. It's so tough because he might actually be German and they've got their own pronunciation. Uh, but he's saying, how's it from Hamburg, does Herr? Uh, my boys, let's talk sport. Guten Tag to you, Herr. Uh, great to have you with us. But hey, listen, Hamburg, not a place to go if you just want to go for a merry little stroll. It is wind city up there, but fantastic city, fantastic place, great people. And that's up north. That is up north. Jimbo, you, you ever been to Germany? Well, what do you think of the Germans? I mean, I heard her saying, you, you know, guten tag to you guys. He's probably, I don't know, what, what time is it? There? It's probably one o'clock now, 1 p.m. Or, or it's probably, what, 11. Probably had his bratwurst. Or, or whatever they're doing, you know. Uh, you, you've been to Germany yet, Jimbo? Uh, haven't been to Germany. The the whole thing around... Oh, James, you look like a ghost right now. You, I wish you knew how epic it looks. Can't really see your face. Oh, if you just look forward there, James, give us the ghost look again. If you're not on the po- if you're on the podcast, Wait, which way James, at the moment, looking like a White Walker. Shout out to those of you that know what Game of Thrones is. And that wasn't a racial slur. Nope, that made it worse. We tried with a light, didn't work. No, I like it. I like it. A lot of people saying not being able to see your face is actually an upgrade in content. That's probably true. Yeah, so the, I like it. The less of your face people can see, probably the better. Cool, cool. I, I was going to say something, and then I realized you can't say words. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And you're not good at words, so it's a, it's a good thing that you're not saying them. Um, the point of what I was saying though, yep. about Hamburg, um, I'm still stuck on the fact that it says How's it from Hamburg? It's like the most South African. No, it must be South African. There's no from Hamburg. It's... Yeah, no, there's no way. There's no unless. Although we are being a little, it shows how small our minds are. Is because what if uh, Mr. Berger is German and he dated a um, a South African and he you, 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 like you know the Germans. By the way, let me. <laughs> I mean, since we're gonna get into it, right? is when they come to South Africa and they like get into the South African thing, they full on. Because let me tell you something that one of my favorite occasions every year is to go to the German club in South Africa is everyone there is a mixed race couple. So it's like Germans mixed with South Africans. And then it's just, let's have a good time. And they like Germans do things properly. Like if they're going to come and be South African, they are doing it. They'll marry a South African. And instead of Gutentag, they are saying, how's it Oaks? So could be that as well. Yeah, I'm saying, my uh, man. So, so you know what we've actually done? We've been insensitive. That's it. Um, because Andrew Harrison says we need to stop calling her burger just her. Um, her is not a name. And then 
<laughs> her burger came in and said, Afrikaans boyki now living in Hamburg, working in shipping. Her is just German for Mr. Oh, I, that's, that's ignorance. That's ignorance. Yeah. And I should know that, actually. Yeah. Uh, and and I, I'm not being funny. It's very easy to say this now. I did know that. And now I, I'm, I'm so embarrassed. So it's Mr. Burger is actually what's going on there. Did, and that's embarrassing for me. Did, did you know that as much as you knew Chelsea were going to lose last night? Wow. Okay, let's get into it. Clearly, James, having a cracker this morning. I can't just attack Senzo and Bala, you know? No, no, because you're a journalist. Exactly. All right, let's get into it. So, James, in the group last night, so... Because I'm old, um, I tend to get, I tend to be in bed by sort of nine o'clock, half nine latest. You know, I try, I try to get up early in the morning. So I don't actually watch Champions League games anymore. It was sad. I woke up this morning, uh, at a quarter past four because, you know, I'm trying to get this thing is that I saw James saying, Oh, everyone seems to be pretending to be asleep now. Obviously, Chelsea failing the entire world yesterday. Jimbo, I mean, what do you actually have to say there? Did you watch the game or did, were you watching the, the, the Man United Villarreal game? I watched most of the Man United game, um, and again, after Villarreal's first goal, everyone seemed to be awfully quiet for some reason. <laughs> um, very strange, very strange. Um, yeah. But nobody had anything to say on Tuesday night when Liverpool were up by four goals or five goals. Anyway, yep. point. Um, didn't watch the Chelsea-Juve game. Yeah. Uh, but obviously, Paolo got involved on the on the group chat, and that alerted my... My attention to yeah, you know, the fact that Chelsea are actually is Tuchel a fraud? Are Chelsea falling apart? That's why the hashtag over here <laughs> is what it is, ladies and gentlemen. If you're listening on the podcast, um, James Ilsley has, I think it's over the last month or so, uh, James has got a new energy right now. Um, <laughs> it's actually gone. Uh, he he's ridiculous, fam. Because what James has done is become the biggest savage in the world. Now, this is the thing; it'll get you. You know, because I love it. I love that he's a savage. And I like that James is growing into that because for the first six months, he pretended to be a good person. But now, you know, he kind of knows that he's got the job. He's settling in. So we're seeing full James unleashed. And it is it is a terrifying sight. It's great if it works for you. It is not great when you're on that side. Hashtag Chelsea or bust, he says. He says Tuchel's a fraud. Uh, Chelsea are a crumbling club. It's all over for the Blues. And I'll be honest, I woke up and I was annoyed. I'm annoyed. But... I did say this a while ago. I don't think Chelsea are ready to get there. They're, they're a good team. I think there's still plenty missing in the middle. I, I still don't like Jorginho being in there. Um, and, you, you know, I do feel the Aspilicueta department, as much as he's a legend, I'd like him playing centre-back. And probably we can upgrade there. And listen, last night showed you. Christian Pulisic is important because when there's no Mason Mount, there's no dynamism from uh, that midfield role. And that's a huge thing. But no excuses. No excuses. You shouldn't be losing to Juventus. Uh, I mean, Italy never paid taxes. And currently, uh, Serie A couldn't afford to buy a box of cornflakes. So, uh, absolutely no excuses. And um, I, I am annoyed. And James has triggered me now. So that, that, But that's what's going to happen, right? Is savagery can't just be celebrated when it's um, obviously at Senzo Setebe or uh, Paolo Diaz. Is I've got to swallow that bitter pill, you know. Got to swallow that bitter pill. So um, I'm looking at the the stats of the the game last night, right? Yeah. Um, Juve had six shots, um, one of which were on target. Do you want to know how many shots Chelsea had? No, I think it was double figures. I didn't look at the stats this morning. Sixteen shots, uh, one of which was on target. 
Yeah, I mean, that's tough. You know, you play Italian teams. They're happy to do that. They will defend. I mean, but what, what Italian teams, how you got to think of it, James, because you're still young. Uh, it's uh, It must feel for you like, you know, a, a girl with morals. Uh, it almost feels like you're never going to get that first date. You know what I mean? You got to be like meet her dad. And then you got to like give a blood sample when she's actually got morals and an upstanding family. It just feels like, you, you you know, you keep knocking. And then you got to do, I don't know how it works in your day and age, James, when you're asking out actually... Uh, uh, somebody who who isn't uh, as as one of our colleagues would say for the streets you know when you're asking out somebody you care about and you actually like you back in my day you used to have to bbm and you used to have to uh, send messages to her and you'd have to phone her by the way used to steal my dad's phone all the time uh like 13 14 he was not impressed by that because a lot of the times it's his alarm and he was working with international people. They're trying to call him at night. But here I am spe- trying to speak to a 13-year-old girl who I've got no chance with, but I'm putting in all the effort. That's what it feels like sometimes going up against Italian defenses is you're going to have to put in the work, but no go, buddy. No go. She's got morals. You better forget it. You can take me for an ice cream, but then if you think you're going to kiss these lips, forget it. That's exactly what it's like playing against an Italian team is you can keep knocking on this door. You can go straight to hell. Slightly off topic, but did you have um, mix it at any point in your life? No, no, I, I was. I, I've never had mix it. I was straight. I was SMS guy, and I was always. Um, I remember uh, one of the greatest days of my life was for about two months. My cousin gave me her old BBM, and I had a phone. And then let's just say uh, my father was like, "Okay, this guy's always on his phone or playing PlayStation. One's got to go." And it was the phone. And then I didn't have a phone ever again until I was like, I think, 17 or, or 18 in high school. So, no, never mix it. Always BBM and, and SMS. And did you ever go through the uh, the uh, WUD? Uh, what, what, what do you say? LOM. What do you say? We used to... Um, What's WUD? Educate what, me. What are, you, what are you talking about? What are you doing? Oh, no, I, no, no, uh, is that text talk? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, I, so, so, it, okay. It was very often, uh, what? Yeah. And then, for some reason, often you would get a reply saying, Lom, which is lying on my bed. Oh, uh, where's the B? Oh, is it L-O-M-B? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, and then, you would start the conversations always the same way. It'd be, hey, and then... What was the the short well the shorthand for like how you doing or whatever? I don't know. Well, why do you need shorthand for hi? The, the 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 conversation would always go the same. It would follow the same pattern. Like, hey, hey, how are you? Good, you. But good would be G U D, and then the letter U, and you... then it would go what, lom, cool, uh, A M S. What is that? Uh, ask I, I attack my attack my snake. Uh, oh, uh, okay. <laughs> oh, well. Oh, I, I was going to say that's a little aggressive. <laughs> so is the snake after you attack? No, that's what I I, I I was like. Yo, this is we're trying to make a show. We okay, but oh, have I gone? Oh, okay. It's. It's ask me something. Oh. I can't stay. Okay. All right. Let's move on. <laughs> okay, cool. So, okay. Should we maybe move back to some sport? Let's let's transition. <laughs> <laughs> what a terrible moment. <laughs> Can I tell you? 
you, before this show, it has been the greatest, probably I'd say half an hour of my week. Yep. <laughs> because it's just been a great time. And that made, that just sealed the deal. That was it. That was uh, good. Uh, all right. Well, here we go. I mean, l- let's get into some sport. <laughs> Listen, acronyms are going to be tricky, you know. It's gonna, it's gonna get you at some stage. You know, a friend of mine always says you got to know your TLAs, your three-letter acronyms, and uh, I've just failed her on that one. And she does watch the show, so I'll be hearing about that one. Uh, but yeah, that's say hey, you shoot off the, you shoot off the hip. Um, you're not always going to be right. Okay, well, let's uh, let's see if we can pivot from uh, sort of that that pit, if you will, uh, for lack of a better pun. Uh, let's get into some sport. Um, Tottenham Hotspur are in the mire at the moment. It is a real situation there, right? And it's something I want, I've been meaning to talk about for a while. And I just I wanted to kind of think about it and collect some stats, but also get into just what my thoughts are on that mess. We we kind of spoke about it yesterday, but you know, before we get into it, it's like this, right? Is I know the world now is all about being self-actualized, but you know what? One of the most difficult things in the world is, and I've seen it happen, and it's just it's murder for everyone, is you shouldn't get involved. You shouldn't marry somebody who's just come out of a divorce and has three kids, not because they're bad people. It's just kids are complicated. People out of relationships are complicated. People are complicated, all right? So for me, I should, I'll always say this. You don't need that kind of baggage. She's got baggage. The kids have baggage. It's two Christmases. The old dad is now getting involved. Is It's not a good idea to marry somebody with three kids. Not because there's anything wrong with them. It's just complicated. And, and being married is complicated enough without adding the baggage. Nuno Espirito Santo has inherited baggage that he didn't start. He wasn't a part of. If you inherit three kids in a marriage, it's like, oh my goodness, what's going on? I don't know about your childhood trauma. I don't know how your dad talks to you. I don't know the stuff you've been through, but I have my rules in my house. And the thing about Nuno is he's a disciplinarian. But I'll tell you what this current dynamic does for both club and Nuno, is that actually Nuno can't do his job. He has no power. You know why? Is he was the fourth or the fifth choice. The players know that. Harry Kane knows that. Harry Kane knows Nuno has no power and can do nothing. So when Harry Kane sulks, what are you going to do about it? And folks, that's very, very difficult. If you haven't been in a home where there's stepbrothers and stepsisters and, and all of that, is fathers and mothers struggle to control their stepkids. Because there's this famous line, you're not my dad. If you've been in a step family, I'm sure you've heard that before. You're not my dad. You're not my mom. It's hard for a, for a father or a mother to have power over those types of people. Harry Kane's displaying that behavior now. I'm going to sulk. What are you going to do about it? And I'll tell you what. Spurs have put themselves in a position. Because at some stage, they're going to have to pull the plug on either Harry Kane or, more likely, Nuno Espirito Santo. And what they're going to have to do, in my eyes, is give it 10 games. Because if in 10 games, you are 11th and you are 10 points off the top six, you might as well hand it to Ryan Mason... Right, Because it can't get any worse. You'll be in the top 10 with quality, so don't worry about it. But I always say this to guys, uh, fr- my, my friends, I'm 35 years old. Friends come to me now and go, I'm thinking of breaking up with my girlfriend. Or I'm not happy. I'm not this. I'm not that. My first question is, okay, fine. If you are, because generally, 
uh, let me let me break the news to you. When guys say I'm not happy, they've already decided I want to break up with her. Ladies, a, a little inside scoop. So I always say this. Never, ever break up with somebody unless you have a plan moving forward. Is there another girl? Okay, great. Leave her because you shouldn't be playing either side, right? Or if not, are you going to commit to living like a bachelor? Are you ready to be lonely on Friday nights and not be doing madness? Because if not, stay with the lady and try and work it out. What is your plan? For Spurs, they must have a plan. Do not break up with Nuno without a plan. The plan is this. Ryan Mason, until the end of the season, if you are 10th and you're 10 points off the top four, and then what you do, and you start that conversation now, like in November, early December, Antonio Conte must be prepared to step into the job from the beginning of the transfer window next year. None of this mucking about and you've got three weeks till the season and you still don't have a manager. Start that now. Never ever break up with somebody unless you've got a plan of what you're going to do. Because I'll tell you what happens with most people. Is they break up with somebody and then they become a mess. Because they're not sure. Do I want the bachelor life? Do I want to stay at home? And then you, you, you know what you end up doing? Is while you're doing the bachelor life, your head is like, oh, I, I, I'm a relationship guy. I should have stayed with her. If they they make the, the other mistake, which is jump into another relationship too soon when they're not actually ready for it. They're in the relationship, but their mind is, oh my goodness, I just came out of a place I felt trapped. And now I want to be on the jaw. If you're not South African, the jaw is raging on the party streets and painting, painting the town red. That's what Tottenham did this season. Stop doing this. If you're Tottenham Hotspur, start moving like a big club. And what Daniel Levy has to do at long last, I always call him one of the best owners in the world. But what he has to do now is rescind some of that power. Now he has to bring Conte in and get out of the way. But what he has to do is Ryan Mason till the end of the season, because we can see where the Spurs season is going. Stepchildren often don't listen to their stepparents. It's because you're not my dad. Nuno has no power and he's a disciplinarian. He has never operated in any other way. So for me, I think Spurs are in the mire. Unless they talk to Antonio Conte in November and they actually get it together. Conte, understand that from June, you are the manager. We give you a three-year cycle. You won't get fired. Who are the players you need? And then what Spurs need to do when the transfer window starts, you approach the, the big three that you want, that Conte wants, and you make sure they are secure so that when, when it, uh, the new season starts, everybody's at Spurs and you're ensuring that top four is possible. Um, you, you know, I'm glad I'm glad I actually went to Spurs there. Maybe we can see what our guest in the studio uh, uh, thinks. Let's just get a word uh, from probably the best co-host I've I've ever had. Um, so yeah, just a word from from you, Mister Guest. That's a great point. I hadn't thought of it from that perspective. I mean, that is wisdom if ever I've heard it. Right. I I, I mean. At this stage, I gotta say, the money, uh, the money I pay Senzo, not worth it. Because that's the type of insight, that's the type of, gro- th- that's somebody who's actually done research before the show. That's what I'm talking about. This is a big time sports show. And a lot of people saying, you know, why would you have a horse on a show to give opinions? Well, that's why. That is why. Um, the only downside is that, uh, you know, the thing about horses is they do eat hay and uh, that becomes an absolute mess in an indoor environment. But I mean, when you deliver that sort of content, uh, then definitely 
definitely worth it. That's top end. Um, now, Jimbo, you're a, a man who has worked tirelessly in restaurants. You know, the chefs never sleep, especially the sous chef, especially owners of restaurants. I mean, um, restauranteurs, it is maybe the worst job in the world because people like myself will come there. And if, if my steak is slightly uh, not as warm as I want it, I will send it back or maybe throw a plate at the door, which I've never actually done, always wanted to. Um, so a man who raised you, James, gave you everything, ensured that you've always been able to play Apex Legends by, you know, working his hands to the bone. Uh, he supports Spurs. And just your thoughts and sort of messages that you're sending uh, your own stepfather who, who has just killed himself in order for you to have a good life. What sort of messages are you sending him as he's crying in the fetal position in the corner of his kitchen? Um, first of all, I'd like to apologize for not doing my job properly. Yeah. Um, that's all I'll say on that matter. Yeah. Um, secondly, um, we, we do actually, so when, when I do call him for like catch up phone calls, football is always the sort of thing we, we speak about the most. Um, and there's a lot of things we both don't understand when it comes to, to Tottenham. Um, and, uh, (laughs) <laughs> he 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 got a bit carried away when Tottenham were top of the log, um, and thought that this is going to be our year. He sounded like a Liverpool fan, um, but then it wasn't because I don't know where they are on the log now, and that's not good. Um, but yeah, I, I think from what I can see, it's tough being a Tottenham fan because it's it's super like in a weird way, it's uncon- unconventional if I can put it that way, right? Like there's no sort of drive or desire to or there doesn't seem to be a, a drive or desire from the players or the the sort of board to win anything like every club wants to win trophies but the board doesn't do much to allow Tottenham to grow and to obviously go on and win trophies right I mean they kept Harry Kane so they're kind of showing a little bit of intent there I mean it's it's great that you have top assist and top goal scorer <laughs> It's about as good as it gets, actually. It's not. It's not just. But great. I mean, it's it's an eleven man game. I, it's it's fantastic. You have top goal scorer and top assist, but again, it's an eleven man game. Like, yeah, yeah, I mean, Tottenham are Donut FC. All of the all of the good stuff is on the outside. Absolutely nothing in the middle. You you cannot win uh, football matches like that. You have got to have your midfield sorted. So I do hear you there, but I, I was more interested in how are, are you kind of obviously consoling your your stepdad? I mean, obviously, oh, sorry for the hard times and thanks for everything you did for me. Or how's the messaging going from you to him? Um, look, he knows I love him. <laughs> <laughs> So, what do you say to him when Tottenham are obviously uh, the disaster they are? Uh, I I don't watch as many Tottenham games as I used to when when I lived with uh, my parents, but um, I do ask him. Yeah, so you know what what happened against Brentford? I saw you lost or whatever it is. Then he tells me, yeah, no usual stuff and blah blah blah. And Kane didn't do anything and blah blah blah. And then I sort of direct the conversation to how great Liverpool are. Doing. Because I'm a terrible person and a terrible son. You are a savage. I mean, it's taken you long enough to kind of reveal that behavior now that you know that you will get a salary every month because you are good at your job. So uh, it's it's kind of great that you kind of bring out the savage side of you. But then I need to ask you: Does your does he have that? All right, governor. I'm from the I'm from North London. Is he that guy still, or has he got a full on South African accent now that he's married to an Afrikaans woman who will not tolerate that in her house? 
Um, so some words he says you can still hear the accent. What does he do? Like nothing. Uh, he says, I think he says free, if I'm not mistaken. Instead of three. Yeah, I well, think I could be wrong. Every time he does it, you should go. No, no, you're free. You're fine. <laughs> yeah, you know, don't, don't like. Don't worry about it. You know, this is not this is not pre-war England. The Germans aren't coming anymore. That being said, though, he did move to to South Africa when he was like nine. Do you ever do the Russell Brand thing to him? No. You, you sound like you're from London. <laughs> <laughs> do you ever do that? You should do that next time. In the next time he starts going off about Daniel Levy. <laughs> London. You sound like you're from London. Uh, what's that movie called? Forgetting Sarah Marshall. Yeah. Yeah. Very, very good film that. Um, James, you know what I was thinking as well is you should get him to send a video in of his opinion. Oh, in like, hip, you know what I mean? Where, did, are we going to premiere it next week? We can do it whenever, or we can just have it on the show, whenever he's comfortable. I'd love to hear his thoughts, both on you, uh, obviously, just spending all of his money that he's made, probably thinking, oh, I'm going to go into retirement. And James is like, no, I need another iPod. I need a different color iPod. I'm 13. The music from the other one just isn't it. I, I'm, uh, uh, yeah. How many iPods did you have? Be honest. Um, genuinely, genuinely. Yeah. Uh, one iPod, I think. Um, and then I got like, uh, as I got older, like my brother had bought, um, an iPod from a guy on, uh, what's those selling websites called? Uh, classifiers. I mean, it could yeah. be, there's about 15 Craigslist um, if you're in America, but if, yeah, if you're inside. It is. So he, he bought a secondhand, um, one of those like original iPods with the circle thingy where you change the volume like that. Yeah. Yeah. He, he gave that to me, which was cool. But genuinely, I, I've got, I, I had one iPod that my parents bought me. I think that's a lie, but okay, that's fine. I Do, promise. What do you have? Xbox, PlayStation when you were younger? What were your parents doing? Uh, yeah, every console. That's your guilt coming no, through there. But, but okay, so it, it wasn't a case of, oh, the new PS5's coming out. I want it. Okay, that's a bad example because it only came out this year. The new PS2 is coming out. I want it. It was, we'd, we'd wait or we'd have to wait a very long time until the price decreased. So we'd only get it like a year and a half, two years down the line once everybody had like gotten theirs on, on the release day or on Christmas. Oh, and I'm sure you were like, oh, mom, I totally understand. I'm sure you weren't saying, oh, but Craig's got one. Uh, I'm sure you were the perfect son knowing you, James. Of course, you were like, mom, that makes absolute sense. You are working yourself I never see you, mom, because you're always at work. So I'm so grateful that we can have food from Woolworths instead of um, other shopping markets. And you were just like, the, you're the best woman in the world. I'm pretty sure that's what you were you were saying. I was. I was. Um, I, I was saying, mom, I appreciate you and love you so much. Oh, my goodness. Um, and, you know, whenever you have a moment or any extra cash. Unbelievable unbelievable how do you lie with such a straight face i mean i can imagine you just being all over her crying bringing your friends over saying oh mom this is this is craig's playstation mom this is the new one remember the one i told you about when it came out this is the one that he has because his mom loves him his mom loves him i got see is that guy but all right james i mean that's who you are you know we are who we are and folks because we are who we are um we do actually have some big news to break on this show. 
this morning it was announced that one of our uh, technical producers, he found something out recently in his life and it, it was quite a conversation this morning. So I thought I'd just talk about it on the show is, folks, we have a man on this show now because we, we didn't have sort of this contingent of life, this part of this wonderful country uh, we call South Africa. But ladies and gentlemen, a big announcement. Ryan Tinline is one quarter Jewish, ladies and gentlemen. He he has found that out and he's been struggling quite a bit this morning uh, just with that sort of news. Folks, you are looking at a man who in a previous life was a Cohen, but some stuff happened in the past through marriage and he's now one quarter Jewish and he's just found that out. Now, will that change anything in Ryan's behavior? Absolutely not. I don't see it going that way. I don't see him giving up Friday nights. Uh, can you hear me? I can hear you. Uh, shalom. Uh, I believe it's this this life, not not a previous life. Oh, so you so you've always been one quarter Jewish in this life? I I just found out about it. That's so. I don't think that changes. Oh, so you've always been one quarter Jewish? Is what you're saying? It's just been revealed to you now. It's just yes just been revealed to me now so ryan now now that you kind of brought it up what do you think you 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 would have been in the past life i mean would you think like a cockroach a, a pie maybe you were a pie in the previous life well currently we feel like cockroach has been smoked <laughs> all right that's a little inside business i don't know what a, that's a whole different thing all right muzzle top to ryan he's just he's the big news huge news all right ladies and gentlemen coming up on the other side so that's my thoughts on spurs leave your comments below Click like if you like the content. If you don't like it, I'll try and upgrade my face. I don't know what I can do. Um, but coming up on the other side, ladies and gentlemen, uh, Athlete Extraordinaire, on our road to Otter 2021, uh, we will chat to the one, the only, Mvuyisi Toto. Cliffcentral.com No horsing around. No horsing around. That, that, that's how we bring back a show. That's how you do it. That's called big time broadcasting. All right, ladies and gentlemen, uh, joining us now. Uh, let's get straight into it. A man who uh, I did reveal the other day was that um, I was chasing him on a beach, and it wasn't because he was committing a crime or he he had I don't know he had a Manchester United shirt on or anything like that, which should be a crime. But actually, we were in a race, and he is uh, fitter, faster, stronger than I will ever be. Uh, he's an incredible human being. Uh, one of the greatest smiles on the planet and a, a, an absolute a thoroughbred, ladies and gentlemen. One and only. And of course, and I cannot state how how important this part is. He is Tosa, which is incredibly important as a part of greatness. Yes, Oliver Tambo. Yes, Nelson Mandela. And now Sia Colisi. And now, ladies and gentlemen, it is my great honor to introduce to you uh, the one and only Mvuyisi Koko. MV, how are you, my man? I'm doing fine, thanks again. Yeah, you. I am great. Oh no, we're gonna have to send to you a little bit there. Uh, that's probably better. There we go. There, looky. Oi, those dreads. Okay, okay. Yes. Did you did you get the dreads especially for for Otter, or is this the new look now? No, no, it's been, it's been there. How long have I seen you, man? It's been a while. So, yeah, the hair grows and, yeah, they're here. 
You know, it's not especially for Ota or anything. <laughs> they, they've been here for long now. Folks, <laughs> as you can see, that smile, that that's MV 24-7, um, a, a big-time inspiration to me and uh, and to many out there. Uh, let's get straight into it. I know you do have a, a tight schedule, so... Tell me, um, how has training been in lockdown, man? Uh, you in the Eastern Cape. I know you probably walking by the beautiful sea there. Uh, there's not really mountains uh, uh, that side that you can get to. H- how have you trained in lockdown? How have things been? L- like, uh, how, how have you been looking after yourself? Because, by the way, folks, this guy is always in incredible shape. Like, incredible shape. Yeah, thanks for the opportunity and hi to everyone who's listening. And yeah, uh, training during lockdown was difficult because yeah, in a city you 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 don't go far more than going to the shop. And yeah, it's been it's been quite tight. I've been training indoors. You know, our yards are just tiny, so you do what you can. I mean, exercise do keep you in shape, but they don't make you as quick and strong. But as the lockdown as easy on us and then I started to run longer you know we have flat surface we have beach as you mentioned so I try to move around my training as possible as I can yeah that's that's all I did I just keep in shape and keep on moving and uh, but it wasn't easy. it wasn't easy I'm, I'm sure L- listen envy yeah, it wasn't easy you know um for me something that's really really important I like inspirational stories and you, you and you're such a cool dude you know it's like Sometimes it's so easy to try and talk about people's stories if they come from humble beginnings. And it it almost now it feels like everybody wants to tell that kind of story. But what I've always liked about you is you've never made an excuse for where you come from. Uh, You've never said, oh, I come from a certain background. So I'm not going to be hold myself to the standard of everyone else. I've never heard you even try and complain about that. And we've had one or two very serious conversations and you've never, ever used that as an excuse. So it's one thing that since I met you, well, I was chasing you. I believe it was in uh, 2015 on the beach there, uh, the first time we ever met. Um, and I mean, you were jogging at about 20% pace and I, I, I nearly passed out actually and, and nearly died on the beach, but I didn't catch you. But I've always loved that inspiration of you is your attitude is, uh, you know, I am here and I'll be recognized and I'll stand my ground. Like maybe you can tell us what is your background, where you're from, and then maybe take us into your running journey, Envy, because not everybody knows who you are and I would love for them to get to know who you are. Yeah, it's a long story, and but I'm gonna try to make it short as possible. No, we've got time. But, um, we've got time. Um, okay, okay, okay. That's good. That's cool. That's cool. It's good to know that that we've got time. Um, I was born in Pizana in Transkei. My parents are from there. We moved. They moved here yes, since 1991. So I started school here in 1996 and until 2008. Yeah, the journey has been not quite fun, you know, and easy. It was like ups and downs, like running mountains and so forth. Mm. So, yeah, we, we learn to adapt. Uh, we learn to live day by day. Yes, we do have long-term goals and stuff, but we focus on day-to-day basis, you know. We don't put too much pressure. That's how my father and my mother, like, taught us. Just focus on now and then try to move uh, move forward uh, as little bit as possible as you can. I mean, even if it's a split-second improvement, then that's something, you know. We were taught to look after ourselves like quite pretty good, you know. Don't don't follow the crowd. Try to look and search your journey, and then once you get your journey, try to follow it in in in, in every step of your way, you know. Don't yeah, don't overdo things. Just do what you can when you can. 
Um, the running side, it caught me when I was at, still at school. Uh, I've taught, I've told people a lot of, uh, I've told people a lot about this story, but yeah, it's, it's quite tough because I had to jog to, to school, um, and back. Uh, my school was in North End around about 10, 11 Ks. Wow. So I would jog in the morning and then afternoon. Yeah. So I finished my grade 11 and 12 doing that. So I wanted to be a pilot like any everyone. I wanted to be somewhere in the army, like in the navy or in the air force, but that didn't work out. And I did register in in Green Pushes. There's a academy there, flight academy. Mm-hmm. So I I did get a place, but there wasn't anyone to pay the the the, the increase of the money that they were gonna borrow me, mm-hmm. like the, the 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 tax and so forth. So. Then I was a little bit crying, sad, you know, most when you got something and then it just goes through to your mind, like to your hands, yeah, you tend to give up and so forth. And then I was jogging on my way home, run about, I think it's 21 Ks to go there. Mm. And I was still young and so forth. And yeah, it was hard on me. And then I was crying on my way back home. As I think I was halfway through and then something just clicked. to said, what are you doing now? And then I was running at that moment. And I said, yeah, I'm running. And, you know, you have that conversation between yourself. And something said, just just try to focus on it and do everything around it. But know that your main focus is running. So ever since 2009, that's what I did. You know, uh, just focused on running. It wasn't easy. There's favorism in this, um, in this industry. There is, uh, yeah, there's a lot of favorism. I don't want to lie. There is a lot of uh, things that will put you on the side, but as long as I'm still training, I mean, training is free. You just put your shoes or get into the soccer field, run with your bare feet around, you still train, then that's the main focal point to me. If I'm training, if I'm running, I'm happy, you know. Then competition is just a icing on the on the, on the cake. Um, I don't put too much pressure on myself. I just run because I can, you know. I run because I love it. I run because it found me. That's that's why I'm running. So running came about that way, and I've met a lot of people that have the same goal and same focus and so forth. So that's what I'm doing now. I'm, I'm a runner. So now 2015... That's where I met, um, because I was going to quit running because there's too much racism, uh, for, uh, like, um, focus on certain individuals on roads, cross country and, and track and field. Yeah. Then I was about to give up running and focus only on working now because I've tried and I wasn't going to give up running, but I was going to give up competing, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. So I said, ah, let me just focus on my running. I feel free. I feel happy when I run. And stop competing because I'll never be some so so and so. Let me just focus on working nine till eight five and that's it. But 2011, I got collegiate, I got gray, I got VP to coach and yeah, that thing came back. And then, um, we were in a camp with the guys. I always take school kids to, to the camp, uh, to go and train since 2009, I think December. We started then, Sipo and them, we were doing that. And yeah, in my sister's house in Boys Park. So we were looking at magazine, reading magazine books and stuff. Then there was like this trail magazine that we were looking at. And then here was Lucky Me at Tabang Mativ. And then we were like, oh, there's a spot like this. Um, and then they all said I should try it because I'm stronger in the mountains. And 
and appeals and stuff. So I'll, that would be something I should try. And then we just Googled trail running PE and then we came across with Spectrum Trail Run for Shina and Shona. Okay. And then we won everything in that series with the guys. And then Shina and Shona were like, wow. And Teles and Jenna, they were like, wow, we need to look after these guys and so forth. That's how we tend to meet Bradley McKenzie, the shop uh, owner in Woma. We met a lot of guys like uh, that are willing to help towards our journey because they haven't seen anyone moving as fast on rocks at that time. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so, so just for people so who don't I, know, uh, MV, mm-hmm. I think it is important to, to let people know. So he, he lives in uh, what was formerly known as uh, uh, Port Elizabeth. And now, um, of course, I can Port actually tell you how it's actually said. Because I think we need to give uh, South Africans a lesson <laughs> in how do you actually uh, say this word. It's okay. Because we uh, we're hearing a whole sort, we're hearing a whole mess up here. I'm sure you've heard it as well. Quabera, Quabera, Kinabera. Yeah. So Quabera, yeah, it's Carabella. It's, it's a lot of Carabella. Like, I love Kabeha. that. Yeah. <laughs> so one more time, it is Quabera. Okay. Uh, so, so, all right. So you're based down there, Sheena and Sean and Dallas, and then, and, uh, the team take you on board and they start looking after you. What do you, what year was that again? Just to uh, get the timeline correct. 2020. Yeah. 2015 around March. Okay. So around March. Yeah. It was 20. Yeah. Wow. That's, that's incredible because in 20, I, actually, when I met you, I think on the beach it was 2016 when I was, I had returned to, to university yes. and I was running that race. Mm. So incredible. That was only a year later, but you had that. Uh, that already in you. And I mean, Envy, since then, you've gone on to sort of win Addo 44K uh, three times. You've gone on to, I think you shocked the world when you went to UTCT a couple of years ago and won that 35K. And uh, do you still hold the record at Addo for the 44K? No, it was broken this year. Wow. It, now it stands at uh, 3 hour 38, so I don't hold it anymore. It was, uh, uh, what is his name? I forgot his name, but yeah, we had a long chat before he runs it, so yeah. And it, it's it's possible. I mean, it was possible to be broken. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah. Everything is anything is possible. If I can do it, you can do it. It's easy as that. So, so now, are you thinking so, you have to yeah. go back and maybe just show the show the young guns exactly who you are and exactly what who, who they should respect? <laughs> what are we thinking there? <laughs> you know how it's Sean, you know, Sean, Sean has a way of making you do things, you know. <laughs> yeah, I'm coming, I'm going back. <laughs> I'm going back next year. Hopefully I will break it. That's yeah. It. So yeah, we'll just see on the day. No, yeah. That's, that's me. I always see. <laughs> don't apologize for who you are. Listen, the people must know. They must, they must know that, you know, especially with these young guys, MV, as we're getting older, I work with some young guys here. I work with, uh, a yes. guy called James. I work with a guy today who found out that he's one quarter Jewish and it's been quite a, a, an incredible thing for him, Envy. I don't want to bore you with that, but it's, uh, he's having a, awesome. he's, a, he's yeah. having a, mm. a crisis of character, this guy called Ryan in the back here. So, uh, by the way, Envy, as a, of course, um, obviously the best tribe. I do work with a Zulu cameraman here. So, but I don't want you to worry. I am always on guard of this guy because. We know they're capable of anything. So don't worry about Umkosa up here in Johannesburg. Uh, you, you, you can relax. Yes. MB, l- l- let's quickly um, talk about something where 
I think now it's clear who you are. People know who you are, especially once you'd obviously uh, done what you've done in Addo and you went to UCCT. No longer was it a secret that, uh, who you are. And, and now everybody, at least definitely in South Africa, and I know you are getting international recognition as well. But I think where it, it became clear that you are not just a guy with potential, is you're a serious guy, is you've gone to Ottenau, you went into the top five. So now everybody knows who you are. Um, Take me through your journey of what running at the Otter means to you. And I remember you t- t- telling me at the Otter, you said, I want this Otter thing when I met you pretty early and you, you've worked your way up to that level. Uh, running the Otter for you, what does it mean and how does it feel? And, and, and tell, me, tell me, what are your goals this year? Uh, running Otter, um, um, I think it was Victor Gugushi when, when he saw me run Ado. He said to me, you've got to go to, to Otter. Then I said, what's, what's the fuss about art? I mean, a trail is a trail. Trail is a way of teaching you something within you. It always, whether you run it five times, it's still going to have something to go. And it always gives you a lesson. You know, it always gives you a homework. And I said to him, I would love to do it because he said some, no one has run it sub four and people wanted to run in sub four and it's, it's a difficult course. Yes, it is. I can, I can, <laughs> I can say that it's a, it's a it's a very very difficult course to run and it's just it, it, it is on his own kind of um, place where, where even when you like say you are in shape but it always you shows you your mistakes and uh, going out to Ota for the first time it, it shocked me it gave me like. <laughs> It put me out of my running. Yes. I never, I never walked in a race. Uh, I have never walked in a race. But on that race, uh, I, um, I walked more than a run. Yeah, because the, the technicality, the routes, the, the climbs, the downs, uh, I wasn't familiar in that kind of terrain. Mm. And it's all single track. Yeah, bear in mind in P, it's open space. You, yeah, you see like where you wanna see, but they. It only gives you why what's in front of you. So running Ota, it was kind of a new lesson, a new chapter. And I even started from stretch. I thought I knew running until I ran Ota. I started like new from stretch. I started new programs as, as I'm coaching my own self. I started everything. I, I wanted, I went back to cross country training. I went back to track and field training. I mixed a little bit of road running then. I was fighting for a program and up until last year when I said, I've got the program for, for Ota. And I must say, I've got a program for Ota and I think it is going to work up until the day. I don't want to know, say anything about the day, but <laughs> I think it's going to work by looking at the time that I've ran 20, in Rito the previous year. I think I've broken around about 25 minutes on it. Uh, with that, with that training. And this year on this route, I've got 431. And that 431 is the, is the goal to, 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 to break it. So my goal to go to this order, I want to break 431. But if, and only if my legs let me, <laughs> then I will also be one of those guys chasing support. Yes. Oh, d- listen, well, I- I've seen the yes. progression you've made. <laughs> And you're, what I like about yes. you is as mm. much as, you know, you're a smiley person. We, we had uh, Tony McCann yesterday, uh, by the way, um, we see giving uh, some advice yesterday, but you, you've yes. got very similar personalities as that. You know, if people meet you because you're so easygoing, both of you, 
Uh, it's also, I think you've, you have a very similar personality to another trail running legend, which you are, by the way, uh, uh, Kane Riley. Is that you're so laid back. If people met you, I, I think they wouldn't think that, hey, if you put this man on a mountain, you, you're dealing with a different animal now, a, a different killer. So, you, you know, for me, one thing that I've always loved about you is how focused you are, is you've made slow progression since 2016. I've met you and you, you've done it properly. You know, a lot of people, I'm sure... Uh, you, you've had in this is that they just want to go from okay, I'm doing nothing, I'm doing mountain running, and I'm running 100k's. You know, whereas you've put in your work to say, okay, I'm going to start 20s, 35, 44, specialize at that distance, get your body strong. So I have no doubt that um, in the very, very near future, you, the sub four for you will be a thing because I've seen your mindset and you've got the ability. So for me, I'm not doubting that at all. Envy, do you have um, a couple more minutes? I know you do have a tight schedule. Can we can we keep continuing? Because this is an awesome conversation. No, yeah, yeah, we we can yeah we can keep on continuing. Uh, I have the full day today. I'm off at work, so yeah. Right, where, where, where do you work? I don't have anything beside that. Yeah. What do you do full time? I work. Yeah, I'm. I'm um, we, we, I, I don't know what to say, but we're doing a lot of things. We're doing like land surveying where we would, they, we, I'm working with a company, Cape Cod. Okay. Uh, it's property, property, uh, property, uh, property development, um, I see. company. So they, yeah, they buy land. They, yeah. So we, were, we are those guys who, uh, cut trees, plant three uh, trees at the very same time and we plant grasses just to survey the land. We put pipes for the water, septic tanks, cameras, and I, I don't know what to say exactly what I'm doing, but we're doing in general those kind of uh, work. No, you're working. We do grass cutting. You, you're we working. Do, you're, you're not like yes, us soft we, guys in a studio. Uh, so a lot of guys here in my production <laughs> team, they're just enjoying, you know, they're, they're complaining about if their coffee is a little bit cold, you know, whereas you, for you, 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 you out here, but changing the, the landscape of the country and that's fantastic envy just to respect yes. your time i, I, I want to say to you like before we finish you know it was something i was thinking about last night and i, I knew that i was going to talk to you was i know what running uh, means to me so i don't really want to go on too much about that and I, I always have the chance to be on but you know I, unfortunately for you it's not your it's not a choice of yours is that you are an inspiration and a hero not not just the people in pe to me definitely when i watch you you're one of my inspirations i have many inspirations uh ryan sands i have uh you, you know uh tony mccann is one of my heroes you are one of my heroes and for, for me I'd, I'd like to know for you is what does running mean to you and and why do you keep doing this thing because you've done so much already you, you you could say ah you know what i'm just gonna do it for fun now but why do you keep doing it it, it, it's not. It's clearly not about the prizes for you because you've had so many. Is what is it about running and why are you still doing it? Why do you still go through the suffering? Um, just before we close off, I, I just I wanted to get that message from you because I, I I do know how much you think about this. I would say running is me. Where there is running, there is me because I run most of the day. I can say so. Running for me is me. Like if, if, if there is running, I'm there. I mean, uh, for, for me, running, it's, it's, it's something that keeps me strong. It's something that keeps me relaxed. It's, it's like my therapy. So for me, running, it's never been about prizes, whereas we do need prizes to progress, but running is something that uh, I value a lot. Running, I mean, for me, I think running, I eat running, I sleep running. It's like something that I do like constantly, like for me. 
uh, it's not something that I do for Mbulelo. I'm not doing it for my parents. I'm not doing it for my brothers. I'm doing it for mm. me. It's something that's, it's, it, it, that, that explains who I am, the way I put my strides, the way I move my arms, the way I breathe. This is like constantly something that explains me. Like some people, when they watching me run, they said I make running easy and I make like running courses like water easy because I come back, look fresh thereafter. It's because of the preparations. If you prepare enough, not too much, mm. not too little, but you prepare enough. Yeah, but I've seen people pushing too hard. I train hard. I train really hard. I train really, really hard. But I never broke that spirit of running mm. because people outrun, outrun running. So if you outrun running, it seems like you, you, you outrun yourself. So that's why hence I'm saying running is me. Running is who I am. You know, so um, the running means a lot to me. It, it means the world to me. I mean, I know, I feel like I'm running even when I'm coaching. So <laughs> You're in there, you're you living know, it's, every stride. It's, 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 yeah, yeah, I'm living every stride. When I'm helping someone, realizing how fast, how quick, how, how, how strong are they. I mean, I, I, I'm also getting new lessons because we're running different kind of techniques. Our bodies catch uh, training differently. We tall, we big, we fat. We call it fat, but I call them big. And they have like big muscles. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, <laughs> so uh, there's no person to me who's like slow. Mm. That's the thing. There's no slow person. You have a specialty, but the mere fact that you're thinking that you can run. Mm. So for me, running is just who you are. It explains who you are. MV, you know? there, there's no better way to end than that, actually, because I, we, we can't say anything better than what you've just said. The, 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 I, uh, man, yes. and folks, for you at home, you, you know, sometimes with athletes, and it's what I like about trail running athletes, they, is that the, the, the sport is too real to be full of BS. It's, it's it, like, I love football, I love cricket, but they, they all like have mm. to say certain things. Everything you've just heard from MV is things he said to me in 2016, 17, 18, 19. He has not changed. This is who he's always been. So what you've just heard is, I, I don't like the word authentic anymore because it, it, authentic, the word authentic has, has almost become fake. What you've just heard is raw. Mm. That's raw. That, that, that's real. That's no BS because if you have BS in trail running, you'll get caught out because MV, how many of these guys you know who, they gym for these big muscles. They come there and they think they look good. And then 10 Ks into the course, they're walking. Because you can't be full of BS in trail. And you've just heard what it takes to be not just a runner, but a champion. And folks, the thing about trail running, and Envy, you can tell me if you disagree. But let me tell you something about trail running. And especially ultra running. Uh, for those who don't know what ultra means, mm. anything more than 42 kilometers is considered an ultra in running. And Envy, as we close out... You know, my favorite part of ultra running and mountain running is not necessarily the running itself. It's the man I have to become in order to be able to run an otter trail, to run, uh, you, you know, uh, Addo, to run at UTCT. The person you have to become in order to challenge yourself and perform at your peak, you become a better person purely by, by, by preparing for something like this. Yes, yes, of course, you'll become a better person because there's a lot of discipline that you have to put in mm. and respect because most people, they don't respect themselves. That's why they behave the way they behave, uh, behave from uh, to us as outside themselves. Amen. You know? So, 
if 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 you don't respect yourself, uh, don't you won't you won't respect the person next to you. So if you train to respect yourself, not to try to to be better than someone next to you, then I think that's that's where everybody is missing it. Those who have a BS, yeah. So so I mean, if they you respect you respect yourself, mm. then you respect ne- the person next to you. But what I love about nature, it teaches you that. Because nature doesn't care. That's why you find people see nature doesn't care. Yeah, it doesn't care. It teaches you. Yeah, it teaches you that once you're in a trail, the trail will teach you that. Will put you into your into your, into your into your into your ground. Mm. Will take you up there and put you into the ground because it's nature. You can't. You you just can't treat nature. You can treat me mm. as one person as one form of nature, but you can't teach the whole nature. There's a sun. There's air. There's sky. There's there's, there's a lot of things. There's trees. There's roots. There's there's ground. You can't treat everything. You know, you can cheat bricks because they're already dead. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you can, but you can't cheat. Uh, you, 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 you can, you can, you can cheat yourself, but you can't cheat nature. Because I think if you don't respect yourself, how will you take the guts or the the the, the personality to respect someone next to you? Where will you get it? Let, you know. Yeah. So for me. Yeah, that's that's how I keep it simple. Just keep it simple. Do you yeah. simple? I always tell the kids, do you? Then that will put, make you a better person. MV, I want to finish it off on that because do you is the message mm. to finish off on. Um, I cannot wait not only to have you back on the show because I want people to get to know who you are, but I cannot wait to see you. It's been a long time. Hey, there's been a little pandemic. I'm sure you've yeah, it's been a it's long, been far long, too long. long time. It's been far too long. I can't wait, my brother, to 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 see you before. And during and after the race, it, it is an absolute honor to have you on the show, and it's an honor to call you a friend and a brother. And I cannot wait to see you do your thing and keep inspiring myself and the thousands and uh, hundreds of thousands out there that are, are fans of you. So, MB, thank you so much for the time today, my brother. Keep smiling and keeping an ambassador for the sport. <laughs> yeah, thanks so much, guys. Thanks for having me. It was great to have uh, to be on air uh, for the first time, guys. Anyway, so yeah. not the last. There's a progress there. This year. Not the last. <laughs> not the last. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hopefully, they're not the last. Uh, I'll tell. You, I'll, I'll mark your words. <laughs> so I'll keep it in the heart. Boom! It's there. <laughs> MV, I, I, I love you, my brother, and I cannot wait to see you, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, uh, the one and only, and he he is what he says he is. Uh, Keep it simple. Keep it real. You do you. That was Mvuyesi. Uh, my brother, uh, uh, salute to you and have a great, have a great afternoon. Uh, that was awesome. That guy is something else. By the way, he that's what he is all of the time. Just so you know, the smile, everything about it. He embodies uh, what running is about. Um, coming up on the other side, folks. Uh, by the way, you can catch that full interview. You can uh, go to the Otter African Trail and social media. And that full interview will be available uh, very, very soon. Cannot wait to rewatch that because he said some golden stuff. Um, coming up on the other side, we are off to the Americas, uh, the north part of it in particular. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, the coach is with us um, for the uh, for the entire hour on the second hour of the show. My name is MKT. This is the MKT Show. Kerry Keating on the other side. Cliffcentral.com. Hey. Hey. Because of horses. It's because of horses. So that, folks, um, again, a, a, a silent man. A man who isn't really 
uh, one to talk himself up. Some say this is the best census Teb has ever, ever looked. That's what people are saying. I'm not saying that. Don't shoot the messenger. I mean, Senzo will probably watch this and get sensitive and, you know, but people are saying, and I mean, maybe we can get one more shot of it. And because uh, if you haven't noticed, Senzo's really into himself and like how good he looks and, oh, I dress so well. Uh, You always hear him say, and I can't really uh, kind of uh, translate that always. But people are saying this is the best Senzo's ever looked. So, Maybe he should do this. And I, he, I mean, he has lost a little bit of weight, which is fantastic. I mean, I hope he's still healthy. Maybe he's taken a slightly overboard, you know. So um, just your thoughts there, Jimbo, before we go to the coach. Fire today. Um, my throat's been a little bit hoarse. Oh, okay. On that note, that is massive what you've just done there. <laughs> That is huge. Okay, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Incredible scenes here in the Republic of South Africa in Johannesburg, folks. Uh, joining us now from America, the one and only. Uh, I mean, he, he's... he's <laughs> I don't know how uh, he can follow that. Great shenanigans in the studio here. But now joining us, of course, uh, from the uh, of course United States of America, the one and only coach, Kerry Keaton. Coach, how are you? I don't know if you see what we're dealing with today. It's incredible scenes. I'm ready to ride. Giddy up. Giddy up. Let's go. Giddy up indeed. Great cap, by the way. Now, is that a flex? There it is. That's Senzo Sitebe, coach. Uh, probably looking as good as he's <laughs> ever looked. Uh, sort of his diet um, has obviously been an upgrade. T- tough day for our guy today. I-, I was wondering as we were getting into this why he was so quiet today. But uh, nevertheless, a tremendous performance on his part. Yeah, so, yeah probably the best. I'm rooting for Pop to get, I'm rooting for him to get back. Yeah. So, so he's, he's busy. He, he's... Um, yeah, this is what happens. You know, we upgrade and we, we keep trying to get better and we, we have kind of, you know, we've got him uh, performing at his best. By the way, great cap. Now, is this a flex? I see you in the blue looking fantastic as usual. Is this a flex on the Europeans to say, forget it, we hit the ball so far that um, you think you're going to uh, do any sort of damage to us? Even though it's not just the UK and Ireland now, it's the whole of Europe. We've defeated all of you. Uh, get the hell out of here. I tell you what, that was a that was a heck of a performance and a dominant one. So, somewhat expected with the with the level of talent on the U.S. side, nine of the top ten being on that side. But you know, we went into the to the to the tournament or, or to the event thinking that we're going to have some fireworks of our own internally between Bryson and, and Brooks. And I got to think that that uh, Bryson really came out looking pretty good in this deal. I'm not so sure Brooks did anything to help himself other than be a part of the team. Uh, and the individuality uh, part of it. But, man, it was fun to watch, at least on this side of the pond. And uh, I tell you, I, 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 got, I got a little caught off guard, too, I think, with everyone else, with the emotion of, of Rory McIlroy's interview. Like, I, I give a lot of credit, and, and, and there was a comment made by Paul Azinger about this is why Europe always goes into this event with a you know, hypothetical one, one-and-a-half-point lead because they're way more emotionally invested in this event than the U.S. has been. Uh, unfortunately for them, that didn't translate into performance. But nevertheless, good theater and uh, and a lot of fun to watch. And, and now that you've said that, I mean, we, we might as well. Uh, I, I wasn't, uh, you know, Rory McIlroy has been such an interesting figure to me, you, you know, is that because early on we remember what it was and then he went through um, his difficult uh, period in life, Carrie, that sort of Caroline Wozniacki period, and, and, and he went through some stuff, right? And it's difficult for a figure like Rory because I think – 
everybody turned him into the great Northern Irish hope and, you know, kind of put that on his, on his shoulders. And, and also the, the Tiger comparisons kind of started early as well. Then they paid him up front and it's been a really difficult time for Rory. So when I saw that interview, I was kind of wondering if it is the weight of, of the world on his shoulders. And now it's, it's just, I don't know if it's crushed him, made him, broken him or wherever he is. He seems happy. He's married now. He's, he's doing his thing and, and the golf's coming back. But the, the bitter disappointment of, I, am I ever going to be that Rory again? I, I don't know if you sensed that in that interview or what you thought of that. It was incredibly emotional. I didn't expect it. Well, he is, he is one of the few prodigy golfers, you know, that have at least some video clips of when he was younger. And then this is just the level in this last 20 or so years that Tiger has elevated the sport and also the expectations for younger kids, not young adults, but younger kids mm -hmm. to get to that level. And, and, and it just shows how remarkable Tiger's run and, and, and ascendance, uh, all the flaws that were in it, not, notwithstanding. And I just got done watching the HBO special about that and obviously what his dad uh, had, had, had been um, doing throughout that whole time. But for the most part, Tiger had that talent. What you're seeing now is not as much of, of, of an ascension at a younger age, but just a younger entry into it. And look at this U.S. team. You have a bunch of young 20-somethings right now that are clearly positioned in the next 10 years to take U.S. golf, and if not worldwide golf, to, to, a, to a different level because we're clearly in the social media era for all athletes now. So they've grown up in it. Yeah. Rory and Tiger didn't grow up in it, and they just kind of come out. And then the stories come from behind it. So – yeah, I, I think there's probably a little bit of a mixture in that, right? Rory's still involved in this current environment where he has to be a part of that that that, that element, but he was also in between the Tiger growth. Yeah. So he, he's in a little bit of purgatory right there, and, and I, I wouldn't doubt if, if you really sat him down and asked him if that had something to do with it. And then you add to, you add to that that, yes, there, there's a European pride that goes into this, uh, that that I think I think this competition matters to them. It really does a, a, as as a unit. So add all those things up, and that's what you get. It, it was hopefully genuine because it was nice to see. Yeah. Um, but you know, time will tell to see if Rory can can bounce back on the next one, uh, but also get back to his level that he you know clearly does have in terms of talent. So, coach, I know you are actually a grown up, I and see, you. I see, I see I see you're ready to go play as soon as this is over. You're already warming yourself up. Well, I was going to say, I mean, if the Europeans wanted this, I mean, you could have given me a, a German passport and I would have been on there making sure that I'm uh, sort of, <laughs> you know, get it on the fairway, boys, and uh, you never three-putt. And we, we could have had this thing probably, you know, put give the Americans a challenge. But this is what happens when you don't make the right decisions. You know what I mean? So, you, you know, uh, we, all, we all make mistakes. Uh, but what, what are we thinking there? Um, First of all, how seriously do you take golf, by the way? Because, I mean, you, it seems like every single week there's a new golf shirt and it's, it's like the latest line and your, and your swag game on the caps is unbelievable. How often are you playing? Because you've got kids as well. Well, I do. Not, not playing as often as, as I'd like to. Uh, so it's all a mentality right now, you know, that at least I can put forward the front that I'm thinking about <laughs> it. And, uh, you know, I, I fortunately work working in an industry that uh, I don't have to go suit and tie as much as I would like to and prefer that. On, on, uh, this is the, uh, the, the uniform of choice each day as I go through my, my daily. So I'm always prepared to, to transition on that from the desk or a meeting right onto the golf course. So you have to, you have to be nimble, got to be ready, because if, if you never know when you're going to get a call 
you know, to go hit hit the links. So, I'm with you. Uh, uh, golf shoes yeah, in the boots. And, 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 and just keep them in the trunk. You got to got to be mobile. So you know, and, and as has been mentioned, uh, certain things that that are done out that involve moving, and, and some people have their their own way of thinking about golf. Uh, it is a therapeutic event. You know, it is something where you can kind of get focused. And, and for me, still competitive. You know, you're competing against the course and sometimes against others. Uh, but yeah, especially. Uh, when you get to this stage, you don't want to do too much running, too much moving or cutting. You want to maintain the joints and, and, and the ankles and the knees. What are we playing off now, Coach? So, trying to stay up. What's the handicap? Uh, what, 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 what are we talking about? Oh, man. It, I, I've been, I haven't played enough to get it below 16 in years. I, I got it to 10 one year wow. and never was able to play enough to keep it there. So. Uh, my goal is to, my goal is that by this time next year, within by next summer, I want to get, be down to a ten. Um, so, starting about a sixteen, seventeen right now. To wrap up the golf talk, what are we thinking? Morikawa seems like the guy who's gonna who's, who's gonna lead the charge, huh? That, that guy is he just like mentality coach, uh, athlete? Yeah, I mean, I, I, there are there are a lot of guys. I mean, I, look, Scheffler to me, oh, Xander. I mean, really kind of just. Yeah, can't, you know, Shoffley, um, you know, clearly Bryson and Kepka are going to take some headlines because of who they are. I mean, Bryson went out in a long drive contest after this. Um, so he, he, he's a little bit a little bit more turning the corner into, into a fan favorite, I think, more than he was uh, earlier on before the event. But, yeah, Justin Thomas, I mean, look, Jordan Spieth still has a little, you know, I don't, I don't want to put him in the David Duval sense that he went up and then all of a sudden was, was completely gone, but, he, these guys have have, have a, an immense amount of talent, and uh, you know there's a lot of guys that weren't even on that Ryder Cup team that are still putting up numbers and, and throwing up scores every week. So, but more Morikawa, um, you know Shoffley. I mean, the guys that, that can putt and really have shown an ability to putt under pressure uh, are the guys obviously you're looking forward to because they all can hit it. Yeah. I mean, all the guys can hit it as far as they they're can. all athletes now. And I mean, listen, I was talking to somebody about this the other day. I don't think of this era, we're going to see a guy get double digit uh, majors. It's it's just like you say, I, I just think there's too much talent now. There's just the, the, the margins are too fine is everybody's in Tiger Woods' shape now. And they've done their 10,000 hours at Stanford by now. Is they're not waiting to hit the uh, the, the pro scene and I, and uh, like somebody who plays pro golf, I was actually talking to in in South Africa, and I said I don't think any of these guys will get to double figures. Just I mean to wrap it up, what do you think there? Too too competitive, too big a group. Yeah. I mean, and again, let, let, let's close with this. This this is what the effect that Tiger has had on golf. Mm. I mean, it brought out more golfers at a competitive stage early, and as you mentioned putting in the time early when they realized they had a chance. And that's why you have this group of 20-somethings right now that clearly is going to take U.S. golf to, to maybe heights it's never reached collectively uh, over the next 10 years. It's going to be fun to watch if you're a golf fan, and, and I'm sure they'll do everything they can to bring in as many people in, the, in this competitive digital market age of trying to get people involved uh, in the sport. So, you know, I'm, I'm excited to to, uh, to watch it happen, watch it unfold. But, but I think you're spot on. I, it'll be Impo- almost impossible for anyone to get. Um, I mean, that's that that's that that would, that would require some type of run. If, if anyone emerges out of this, it'll be an all-time run. 
Coach, um, because you're obviously with the big wigs and you're doing it, you're working hard, you don't sleep, you know, you've got a family and kids and you, you, you work like 37 hours a day out of 24. Um, I, do need, I do need you to give some feedback, though. I think it was on uh, CBS. I, I, I'm not sure what channel actually carried it. I think it might have been CBS. They got Tony Romo. They paid him $100 million, by the way. I don't know if you saw that for Tony Romo's commentary deal. Um, I think it was CBS. I don't know who's carrying it. But anyway, whoever it is, Coach, I'll leave it in your hands because you work hard enough at those levels and... Couldn't we mic the players? Let's mic the players. I'm, t- I'm tired of the boom mic. Just mic the players. I, like, I want to hear what they got to say. And like the NFL is not all of the content needs to come out. You know, I've got guys like, uh, and it doesn't take intelligent people. I mean, I've got James and Ryan here. Um, so it, does, it doesn't take intelligent people to mute and unmute players. If they say something untoward, we don't air it. Uh, we can have the, 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 or, that's James over there, coach. Not sure if you can see him. Uh, double-digit IQ, that guy. But let me tell you something. If if you need a graphic, if you need somebody to do live presenting, it's this guy here. Look at that handsome face and beard from James. Is He will get graphics done, but do not ask him to do a mathematical equation. I don't know if you can see that. I mean, it's ridiculous, Coach. These are the kinds of people that are supposed to be professional. Uh, but let's, let's mic the players, Coach. Mic the guys. Let's get a lapel on them. Am I crazy? I, I think that it's inevitable. Uh, you know, you hear that, like you said, in the boom mic in certain sports, obviously football. Um, you know, what, what's really amazing, and I'll bring it back to the sport that I'm most familiar with, is when you're at a NBA basketball game, and albeit this hasn't happened a lot lately because of obvious reasons, but when you sit at, within earshot of the court, if you're lucky enough to sit courtside within the first three or four rows, the amount of conversation and communication that exists and happens in an NBA basketball game is staggering. And, and, to, and to the untrained uh, fan or eye or even ear, you wouldn't be able to disseminate any of that. And a lot of this is what we talk about in our post-game shows that I do for ABC in San Francisco is exactly what they're talking about and how they're communicating. But almost in any sport, you're going to have some level of communication. And really what we see is what we know. But I'm all with you. I think in almost every sport, it, it, it would be tremendous to have that type of insight, that type of understanding, um, even, on, even on specific levels. Now, I'll tell you one thing that, that, that golf did was they attached the, the, the whoop monitor and the heart rate monitor, which, you know, is cool and techy and kind of shows you where the guy's internal is at. But no doubt that communication in golf between the caddy and, and, the, and the golfer are some of the most interesting moments because there's a decision that goes into this with these guys. What club to hit? Where's the wind blowing? What, where's the green sloping to? Where did, where did I hit this the last time? Where's my partner at if it's a team in the Ryder Cup, of course? You know, where's my opponent at? Are, are these guys still playing against the course? Like, they always ask the questions after the fact. Did you take a peek at the leaderboard when you heard the roar in 18? Like, you should know that before. Exactly. It's like content. that should be a live deal. Yes. Like, like, like I'd love to see Bryson walking up 17. If, uh, you know, Morikawa birdied 18 to go one up and he's got, you know, two holes to play and he's on the green putt for Eagle. Love to hear what he's, cause you know, he's talking to himself or, you know, he's saying to his caddy, you know, there's a, there's an element that's probably inevitably going to have to happen to make OTT offerings and the digital streaming and, and this, this more this this need for content, you know, more robust yeah. and not just highlights and craziness and some guy yelling and you know let let's get to, let's let's let the athletes determine that and give it 
you know, leave, leave it up to them. If you don't want to put a mic on, don't. But there'll there'll be some guys if you ask these golfers that wouldn't mind doing that. And I, I think that would really enhance the sport of golf. But in any sport, there's an unbelievable amount of thought and communication, uh, you know, and verbiage that goes into this that I think would be tremendous and, and really add to the, to the offering for sure. Absolutely. I mean, I was watching now, it was a, a, an absolute uh, snore fest, but it was Brady and Peyton Manning playing last, uh, I don't know if you saw that in lockdown, and they mic'd them up, and it was unbelievable content, just unbelievable. So, hey, golf, maybe I've just saved golf. I'm not saying I have, but coach, let's transition to something that, um, you know, is your uh, area of mastery. And it's something, you know, again, I'm not sure if Americans are aware of how much of our sort of ethos comes from watching college, comes from watching um, sort of NFL. And because we get so many great clippable quotes and, you know, the American way is to create content of it. And nobody does pageantry like America. And I absolutely love the way Americans uh, conduct themselves in the entertainment space. It, it is just awesome. It is awesome. Framing narratives. And, hey, America, America is going to catch its hate. And I say haters hate. And winners win. That's what America does is, you know, in the coaching sector, I'm always interested in, you, you know, we hear Lombardi and all these great things is that, but something that's been really interesting to me whenever I hear, particularly let's call it in, in football and, and in basketball, uh, your area is that coaches sometimes stay, uh, I mean, they stay in college. Whereas for us in, in our world, you know, let, let's talk soccer for a second is that you want to coach in the pros. Forget, I'm not coaching it colleges or universities or oxford or whatever i mean that you could get paid millions there but i'm not doing that i want to coach chelsea liverpool for me i'm always interested in why do guys stay in college when professional teams come calling and and maybe you can talk to me about that there's the great bill belichick when he was about 15 years old coach well there's a couple of reasons for this and and, and this may actually change soon given where college athletics is headed uh, almost inevitably now that the, the floodgates have been opened to have athletes share more of the revenue. It, it's been about money recently, and it's been about control. You know, college coaches, especially in basketball and football, are really what the program is about. You know, players come and go in college because that's the way the system is set up. There's, there's a finite time that, that players and athletes can be in college. So it, it, it's more about the brand and the school but, but really, it's more about the coach and the coach having complete control over everything that happens. And then being, you know, I, I was always personally a little uncomfortable with that, to be dead honest with you, because I didn't I didn't I never felt it was that way. Now, I also didn't get paid nine million dollars a year to coach at Kentucky. So maybe <laughs> my mind would uh, change a little bit. Uh, but that being said, there, there's a level of, of, of ego. There's a level of, of control. Um, and there's a level of financial gain from this that, you know, was always there. But now it's at levels where, you know, why would you leave Alabama if they're paying you $9 million a year and you get to really control your personnel, too? So from a football standpoint, not all coaches have personnel control, mm. right? But in college, you do. You have it all. You're the GM, the CEO, the coach, the personnel. You know, you're, you, you, you're not drafting, but you're recruiting. Uh, you're 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 the you're the puppet master. You're back there letting you know letting things work. And and, and I think it's it's hard for coaches that have success to want to let that go. And look, it's almost the opposite in the NBA right now. The players are really in control in the NBA. And that's not to say that coaches wouldn't want to go take that. I, I always vacillated in having these conversations with basketball coaches. Like, 
man, coaching in the pros is so much better because all you're doing is basketball. Yeah. And that's it. You have everybody else getting paid to do all the things you had to do in college, which just deteriorated from your time to coach. So, yeah, I always aspire to be an NBA head coach at some point if you could because that's great work and there's only 30 of them in the world. Uh, and if you're successful at that, you'll stay in that circle, even if you become an assistant in the NBA. That's really the best job in basketball is an NBA front of the bench assistant coach. They have one job, maybe two jobs to do, and that's it. Talk about getting your handicap down to 10. That, that That's an automatic invitation to get your handicap down to like single digits because <laughs> you got nothing but time outside of all the time you put in during the season. And then you have, you know, three months off where everyone else is drafting the players for you and doing all the workouts unless you're involved. So the college guys, it's very lucrative, but there's going to be a little bit of reckoning coming now with that, with that money sort of dissipating a little bit to the players as it rightfully should. So it'll be interesting to see if that sentiment actually changes and some of these guys like a Jay Wright or a Bill Self or a Tom Izzo, even though they're on the, on the, 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 I'd say that the latter end of the spectrum, but now these younger guys, you know, that have success, if, if they have a chance to make the jump to the NBA, that they, and I tell you the one guy that did it, and now he's set for life, Brad Stevens. Oh, he's doing it. Brad Stevens could have gone to any, Brad Stevens could have gone to any college he wanted. He took Butler to the final four with one or two pros, went there twice in the national championship game. He has to be the head coach of the Celtics. And already the, the long game is in place. He's not coaching the Celtics anymore. He's the general manager. I mean, now you're in a position where you really get to run things at the highest level. Uh, he's, he's smarter than all of us. And we all knew that from the beginning. That's the track to take, but it's not very easy to do. He parlayed that. So I wouldn't be surprised to see that happen again if you have a young, young up-and-coming coach make it once or twice to maybe take that jump to the NBA where they can relate to the players because it's all about the players in the NBA. You have to have a relationship with those players and, and manage them more than coach them nowadays. And th now that's a very interesting thing you've said there because a lot of the stuff I've read is the reason college coaches as well, and I don't know if you kind of had this, I mean, having worked on both sides of the college and professional side of, of the uh, sort of backroom staff, is that I've read a lot that the college coaches, they struggle, and Saban, I mean, St. Nick himself struggled at the Dolphins because... I mean, I keep hearing players saying, hey, you can't talk to me like this. I'm a grown man in the NFL. Whereas sort of you've got your thumb on top of every young 18, 17, 18 year old who wants to go to the NBA or the NFL in, in, in college. And I mean, do coaches themselves struggle to go and deal with people that are bigger stars than them and um, and make more money than them in the NFL? Uh, do coaches struggle with that? Because before, like you said, if I heard you correctly, you were saying in college, the coach is the star and everybody else is, this is, everything comes through me. Do, do coaches struggle with that in the NBA or going college to NBA and college to NFL? Is, is that a real thing? I think they have and some have because there, there is a shift in your mentality and your approach to know that one, these players are better. Now you obviously know that, but, but it's, it's hard to, to, to turn off your, 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 your mentality or your structure of how you're dealing with the coat with the players, you know, if that's how you do it, you know. And, and a great example, Mario Cristobal at, at Oregon uh, had a receiver come off the field last week after a great catch, and he spins the ball, he gets a taunting penalty, yeah. and he lights into him. Now, we'll say he's teaching him a lesson, but there's no way he's doing that in the NFL, to your point where that guy, I'm doing my job. If I get the penalty, that's on me. Now, it's a team sport. 
but the approach is completely different and it's definitely different now than it was five or ten years ago where the amount of money the players are making expectations on the players are higher so again i think it's more about managing personalities which is i think something steve kerr has done tremendously as opposed to xing and and coaching you know 110 percent of the time so it's a brutal business this coaching thing i mean i try and watch what coaches do could you see yourself ever getting back into that world i mean you're in the tech world now um is that something that still does that flame still burn and coach you don't have to answer if that's going to put you in trouble with your wife by the way because from what i understand as well is that <laughs> when somebody coaches is their wives do not see them their family hey good luck well i'll see you when i'm 70 and i retire Hey, I'll, I'll tell you this. I'll answer the question this way. Coaches' wives are cut from a way different cloth that is very unique. <laughs> and the ones that do it well, the ones that do it well, and, and almost all of them are, are able to, are way better served uh, in the household than the, than the coaches themselves, who you think would be coaching at home. Sure. Uh, it's a big, big part of, of every successful coach that's married, especially ones with kids. The coaches' wives get all the credit and all the support uh, a lot of love for coaches' wives. I'm excited that I had a great one. Uh, and if I did get back, you know what? She'd be fine with that because that's what she knew she was getting into. And now we're in a little different mode. So, all right, it never goes away. You never, you never lose. You never know. You're still a coach. Uh, you, you, you know, uh, the art of coaching. Uh, I forget whether it was Lombardi or one of the. Uh, said that is you. You must say a lot, but actually say very little. You're still a coach because you you haven't really said anything there, but you said a lot. That's great. Now that's training, folks. That's what being big time is. <laughs> I, I see what you did there, coach. Extremely smart. I'm going to learn. Every day is a school day. Uh, coach, on the other side, we've got plenty to talk about. There's a rugby called, uh, there's a sport called rugby that I really want to talk to you about. And, um, I, I mean, there's plenty happening on the global, um, scene. So we've got plenty, uh, with the coach, Kerry Keating on the other side. CliffCentral.com Oh, oh. oh so I, I didn't see you there. Co- uh, coach, I forgot. I, I, I'm always getting a workout in. So, I'm always getting a workout in, as you can see. So, that's no offense to uh, Coach Kerry Keating. Gotta, gotta, stay, gotta stay fit. That's what I'm saying is even at work, you know, I'm always on the, on the grind, as they say. Do you have to uh, to get that, that in motion and keep those light bulbs on in the back? Yeah, I mean, the, listen, the kinetic energy nothing's free. Nothing nothing comes for free. And I kind of I want to embody that as uh, Floyd Mayweather would say. It was just like light work, light work, light work. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> light work. It's, it's nothing, coach. Light nothing. work for 50 million. That's it. Light work, light work. Uh Coach, I mean, uh, since I am obviously, as you can see, and uh, not only am I a boxing aficionado, but I'm obviously uh, a guy who, who, who's about it, is I just want to talk to you about something that, that's been missing from the world. Anthony Joshua, by the way, lost to uh, Alexander Usyk, which is, was uh, the shocker of all time in the heavyweight division. But just your thoughts on um, wh- where are all the American heavyweights? I don't, I don't know if it's something you've noticed. What, what's happened to Tyson and Holyfield and Foreman? Like, what happened there? Yeah, like late nineties, noughties, it just disappeared. It's all British guys now. CTE definitely happened. Uh, I'm sure that has I'm sure that has something to do with it. It might do. You know, look, I grew up. I I grew up clearly in the Mike Tyson era, where it was it was 
theater. It was excitement. It was, you know, start the stopwatch and how, how long is this guy going to last? Uh, you know, I think there's a lot of factors that go into that health, health being one of them, but clearly recently the emergence of the UFC here uh, has brought a lot of, of, of the, of the combative athletes in, in, away from boxing. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, it's, it's an interesting question. And, and I, I wonder if it, if it is health related, you know, obviously getting pounded in the head and the concussion protocols that we all go through now, you know, you still don't have a lot of young kids aspiring to be uh, in the boxing ring other than what they're doing for their own fitness. As you just expertly uh, demonstrated, you know, it's a great fitness uh, sport, you know, but when you're on the other side of it, getting pounded by somebody, it's not so great. So, I don't know. I wouldn't have my kids boxing uh, for a lot of different reasons, <laughs> not the least of which is they're, they're not quick. They're not quick enough. Um, but, you know, I think UFC, uh, you know, and, and, and look, it, it's it's not something that's uh, that's a glamorous sport right now. Not something that that is quick enough to, to feed the, the social media masses. Uh, that's why you see a lot of the older uh, boxing matches and a lot of the older uh, events resurfacing on social media because they are entertainment and it was something special to watch. So, you know, coach, a lot of people, you would have seen a, a little bit of my technique now. Uh, you know, everybody wants to go for the Hollywood punch. Um, but actually for me is you got to work the body. I don't know if you saw close contact. I was fighting on the inside. A, lo a lot of people are always going for that, you know, the haymaker. But I say always get in there tight, work the body because you can wear, wear him down and then, boom, you can have the glory shot. So you probably saw my great technique of, of, of uh, what they call fighting on the inside. So that, that, that's just a little bit of, you, you know, a lot of people just think I'm into running, but I'm actually also a boxing aficionado. Uh, I, I know the secret that, that those light bulbs are attached to that bag. You have to hit the bag multiple times to keep the light bulbs on. Absolutely. Uh, so, yeah, that's why we have the brakes and, and, and the activity is to keep the, keep the electricity running. Uh, no bills. It's all kinetic. It's all very, very natural. I'm, 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 I applaud the effort for you to, uh, yeah. to, to take. And, and take I care about the dolphins. And I care about the dolphins. You know, less coal being burned, of course. <laughs> you know, so obviously, I'm, I'm the great. I may be the greatest man alive, but coach, honestly, Wait, go ahead. You, you only care about the dolphins. You only care about the dolphins because Nick Saban coached for them. Once. No, that's very true. Saint Nick, a man who is seven championships in. We've seen what Bryce Young's going to do this year. It is. It's a lock now. Heisman. It, we, we might just call a quarterback you right now because Tua Tagovailoa although injured i mean jalen hurts it's all happening it's 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 really turned to quarterback you right now well, well let me ask you this uh, do they have load shedding in the studio absolutely not absolutely not never have load shedding because of how hard i hit the punching bags um so it's actually uh, coach you may like this as a coach yourself is control the controllable so what i do is if we were to have load shedding no need to worry is that i i make sure that there's always enough kinetic energy uh, just being an absolute beast on the inside uh, somewhat a canelo alvarez of my time <laughs> i like it i like it right. but coach for the for the massive guys as well any thoughts on them being nfl linemen getting paid all of the money in the world uh maybe some of your five-star athletes are doing that instead of punching each other in the face well, I mean, those guys are huge, and, and, and there's, a, there's a great need for them. There's an un, unknown, well, it's become a little bit more known of how well that the quarterbacks take care of their offensive linemen because they're protecting them, although the rules in the NFL now really protect them more than the linemen do. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, those anybody with any type of size and, and, and decent footwork and hand speed, uh, yeah, they encourage those guys to be big and take up space. Uh, and there's a need for them. You know, there's 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 only a certain amount of guys that can that can handle that. So uh, you're probably seeing a lot of those bigger guys move towards being linemen, and a lot of those linemen they, they last a long time. They they you know, do. They're just butting up against each other. Yeah. It's incredible. So um, it's, it's amazing that they do. Tom Brady uh, used to make sure that um, all of his linemen were in all of the adverts he was in. I don't know if you know that. That was like his thing. So if he got like a deal, I think it was Visa uh, or one of those. Shout out to them, making sure we can pay around the world, whatever they do. But Tom Brady said, I refuse not to be, not to have my linemen in the advert. Very, very smart because, I mean, you got to think about it. If, yeah. if Von Miller is going to come off the edge and actually try and uh, break your spleen, you probably want to, you, you want to look after the guys that are going to uh, try, try and look after those defensive ends, right? Especially the guy on the left side, if you're a right-hand quarterback, protecting that blind side. That, those. There's a reason those guys get big money, but there's also a reason they got a lot of love from the quarterback, and then rightfully so. For those who don't know what's going on there, the left tackle is now one of the most... I mean, it's the guy who protects uh, the moneymaker. Left tackle is the guy to be. He will get... He will get the size of the GDP because he's got to protect uh, the vault. It is very, very true. That's where you want to be. Absolutely incredible. I forget who the San Francisco left tackle is who just got, I think, $149 million. I forget what his name is. It'll come to me now, the 49ers guy. So shout out to the big guy saying, I don't want to get punched in the face. I'll block for Tom Brady. I'll be in a visa advert. And shout out to them there. Speaking of big guys, Americans. Now, Coach, this is take this as a slight if you will, but it's not. You've got some huge specimens in your country. Absolute monsters. Bears. Human bears walking around. Is We have a sport called rugby. And we, we feared here in South Africa that America has resources, organization, leadership. We thought when rugby was starting to take over in the 90s and the early noughties, we thought America would take that on and almost turn it into an NFL vibe and have it as a scientific effort straight away. Forget the sevens. I meant the 15s. And... And, and it just hasn't happened. What do you think the reason is there, Coach? Uh, probably a few things. One, it's not offered as a as a collegiate sport um, that's competitively funded. It's offered as a club sport. And, and I will say there is an undercurrent of collegiate rugby um, that's very much intact. I don't know where they're taking that next level, if they're going overseas and taking to the professional opportunities or not. Um, but there hasn't been a market created for it over here on a professional level, on a, on a media level. Um, it's pretty much relegated to a club sport, uh, a rec sport, if you will, um, that's not funded uh, by the college. And, and clearly it's not happening in high school either. And even more so, as you mentioned before, maybe for safety reasons. You know, this is a, it's a pretty violent sport. Yeah. I mean, those are some big bodies. There's some fast athletes out there. Uh, you know, and it, it, it's non-pad contact. It, the, the other thing about it, too, is at least recently, the, the, the ascent and rise of lacrosse in the United States has, has bitten into a little bit of baseball. It certainly has suppressed any attempt that rugby even was going to make if they were. It's also taking away from football a little bit in terms of the skill and speed. Uh, it, it's become a very popular sport. Uh, in the U.S., um, obviously, with, with the emergence of a professional league, uh, with certain players taking their collegiate success, and there's a very, very uh, high level of collegiate competition that's always existed in lacrosse, for even for the last 30 years, but now it's gotten into the mainstream and starting with the youth. 
Uh, I, and look, uh, my younger son went to camp for the first time in lacrosse uh, this summer. A pretty decent athlete, picked up on it pretty quick and liked it. You know, it's semi, semi-protected, semi-not uh, with, with, with headgear and shoulder gear and, and arm pads. But it's a fast, fun sport. And I think a, a large part of that is because of the emergence of lacrosse, but also the lack of funding at the collegiate level. Well, uh, James, uh, the guy in the back has something to say on, on this matter. Uh, who knows where this is going to go? Um, <laughs> hi, Coach. Um, I I just wanted to find out actually because yeah. this is this is actually something I've wanted to know for quite a while. Um, what's the presence of rugby actually like in the US? Like, is there club rugby that happens on a regular basis? Are there teams that actually have you know infrastructure and stadiums and fans? What's the sort of overall presence or reception of rugby? It's, it's a secondary field, recreation field at a college on a campus, uh, and it's a lot of drinking. <laughs> so, so it's still – I'll just yeah. be, to be blunt. Those, those, those guys have traditions that are rooted in going out and trying to beat the crap out of each other. There's a lot of camaraderie in the rugby community at the collegiate level, and there's usually a lot of, a lot of uh, more, even more camaraderie off the field that results in going to the local tavern uh, and celebrating some long-standing traditions from those before, and new new ones being established that are usually root around a lot of beer. <laughs> that sounds like and chanting and and, and and cheering. That sounds like rugby everywhere. Yeah, <laughs> sounds like a good time, Jimbo. Yeah, no, I, I a lot. You know, there's a, there's a, there's an element in, in the U.S. collegiate uh, system of, of fraternity and sorority, the Greek life, if you will. Uh, you know, those that aren't on athletic teams or part of Maybe some academic groups coming in clearly are are recruited or rushed to be into to uh, uh, to the Greek life. But look, the, the rugby element on, on 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 especially the larger college campuses is is is, is real. It's it's evident. It exists, and that's about all it goes to. You know, and it kind of stays there. You don't really see it. You don't see pickup rugby games happening anywhere. There's no rugby stadiums. There's no secondary rugby lines on a field that could house it if it was a soccer or, or American football. Uh, yeah, so it's just it's it's so interesting. It really isn't talked about much over here. It, it, it's so interesting to me because you, you know the one thing about rugby is it's it's controlled violence, like you say, no pads. It's it, it's for real. You can see who the guys are, and I think one of the things where the NFL um, has been interesting and they are the best at is that. Because the guys have helmets, they make it all about the shield, right? Is you can't really. It's very, very difficult to turn NFL guys. They they trying to outside of like Odell Beckham Jr. It's very difficult to be a mega, mega like transcendent star in the NFL because that's how they've sh- shaped it. Everything's about the shield, Odell Beckham, and then quarterbacks. But for me, in rugby, um, you can commercialize it because I can see the guys, and also we can see with how uh, the UFC has come on is for for better or worse. People like violence. People, people, you know, everyone thought Dana would fail. And, and rugby is brutal. But it, it, do you think it's because rugby just hasn't figured out uh, before it got to America how to commercialize itself? Or, or, or there just is no appetite. It just doesn't work. Maybe there's a culture thing, you know, you know? I think it's a little bit of both. I mean, I think also because of football, because of American football, yeah. the natural tendency is, is to be on that side of the ledger uh, as opposed to rugby. Um, you know, a lot of a lot of kids who play football in high school that go to colleges that don't offer football or don't go to play football at college end up playing rugby in college. 
you know, I, I just out of curiosity, I just searched, who, you know, how many rugby fields are around where we're, we're here in Raleigh, North Carolina. There's actually a lot more than I thought there would be. Uh, it, not, not within a, a walking or, or a biking distance, but I think this is also because there's, there's a, a plethora of colleges uh, in the Research Triangle area here in North Carolina. So I think it's natural that they do take that, that college level and try to have some sort of organization uh, locally. But, yeah, I think the, the main reason for me, if I had to pick one, would be that most of those size players, that violent element is going to be rooted up into um, – into football and then i also attribute a little bit of that that speed and skill element with a little bit of contact maybe leaning more towards lacrosse coach you are in america uh, and it's interesting for me to kind of view what the next generation will do and you've got kids so you are in a perfect place to maybe uh, tell us about this is you know as you said earlier coaches will struggle now in college to control their players uh, name image likeness nil for those who want to look that up but you know what I was thinking about? Being a professional sportsman is, is a super hard job. It's super hard to just get to the door of college and then also, okay, your talent's not enough. You actually need to be a, like a pretty solid dude or lady to actually take it to the next level. And we call that professional. And then only, especially in, in sports like baseball, it still takes like five, six years. Everybody sees uh, like Bryce Harper. No, no, no. There's three or four Bryce Harpers, but he did. you, you got to go play what? Uh, minor leagues for five years is... It's a brutal job. Ice hockey is brutal. You, you know, are the traditional sports going to suffer? Because your kids now, especially America's just, it's an awesome place. Is that, hey, we can do YouTube and, 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 and make that a career. I've been wondering a long time, and I'd love to hear from a coach's perspective. Should we be worrying? Because now it seems fine, but in 15 years' time, are kids just going to make videos? Like, I, I mean, it's a, it's a legitimate industry now. Because it's hard to become a sportsman. It is, it is hard. Why would I go and do burpees and push-ups and do 10 years of giving myself to, to pure grunt? Do you think we'll lose people to the digital revolution? I, I, this has been worrying me. Maybe I'm too, um, I'm too sort of conservative and crazy. You know, I think you'll always have that, that elite group of, of, as we call, natural-born athletes. Mm. You know, ones that are just blessed with the gift to have an athletic talent. Uh, albeit maybe in some sports, but definitely in one, if they can get to the professional level. Uh, we, we've, we've termed electronic gaming into e-sports. Not a sport. There's a reason why they did that, and it's a genius move, because it's being viewed as a sport just by virtue of that moniker, mm. e-sports. Now, look, this, this is their buildings, their buildings – Stadiums, they're building arenas, venues for large screens and for kids to compete because we are in a digital revolution where we're clearly in, in an age where this is accessible. Uh, and you, you brought up a point that I'm going through right now, clearly with two, you know, young preteen boys. Mm. Uh, if they're not playing the game, uh, albeit on Xbox or, or, or on the laptop, on the desktop, whatever it may be, they want to watch it. And I'm going to take it a step further uh, to the granularity of the pixelated view of a Minecraft or a Roblox, where this is not the graphics that we would expect. These are the graphics that we had when we were growing up, you know, and and they were great. They were they were fun. They were limited. These are unlimited. And, look, you know, take it a step further. What's happening now with pixelated NFTs and the millions that they're being sold for in terms of ownership. There's a weird cycle that's come back to you know, really granular video. 
But watching people create that and exist in that, even if you're not playing, is taking up a lot of time. And the perfect storm in the last year or two of really being relegated to only do that because you couldn't go outside and compete. You know, the pandemic, it was a challenging time for a lot. But for ones with kids that you want to get outside and play, you know, certainly my wife and I have an athletic background. We like to have the kids out playing, not just for the activity, but for the camaraderie for both them and us. Uh, you clearly see that, that that this could take a big bite out of it. You know, there are there are big deals being made for you know electronic sports for esports as we know them, and there are scholarships being given at the collegiate level. There there are high level schools. Uh, look, Kentucky has a gaming lounge. Kentucky's got a great basketball program. Bay football sometimes. Um, they have a game lounge. They have an wow. esports lounge. They have a whole In program college. for competitive gaming. Right? And so this is kind of where it's headed. So to your point, it absolutely is going to start to chip away on top of the fact that, and this has been talked about in America for years, baseball has been losing uh, the, the ADD war, if you will. All right. Sorry, like everything Coach. has got to be instant. I, I, right away. Can I jump in there? They're losing yeah. Uh, I just want to jump in on the baseball thing because I, I, I'm so glad you said that word. First of all, Rob Manfred, you cannot call uh, your your own trophy a piece of metal. I don't know if you saw that. He, he Listen, of the major sports, he is definitely not the guy I would want as my um, sort of uh, G, GM. But baseball, like, when are we when are we – is it a money thing? When are we cutting it from 375,000 teams to to the 30, to, to, to 32, coach? I mean, what are we doing here? But is it still 144 games a season? Like, what are we doing there from a commercial point of view? Or, or is it just the fact that because, and I think I've read a little bit, is the revenue actually comes from local radio stations, and that's where uh, the money is in baseball. They don't really care too much about uh, national. Perhaps I'm wrong there. But baseball, what are we doing here? Like, uh, clearly nobody wants to watch. Uh, stadium's always empty. There's been, you know, ruminations that they vacillated a little bit between, like, okay, starting a guy on second base in extra innings to try to speed the game up. Um, you know, pitch counts. Uh, you know, they're not letting pitchers uh, go longer uh, like they used to deep into games. Um, you know, pitch clocks. Yep. You know, I went to a minor league game the other day. Here we have a – we have a we're, we're, we're blessed to be close to a great minor league facility in the Durham Bulls, that of of Bull Durham fame. Um, They have a clock behind, like a shot clock. Literally, I I wasn't aware of this until I went on the wall that the pitch has to happen. Now, I don't know what what, what the ramifications are of that if you don't make it within the pitch count, if it's an automatic ball. I didn't didn't care to look it up. But clearly, they're trying to speed things up. You know, there's, there's a level of purity in baseball and, and, and what they call the great American pastime that is very much appreciated by those that have played or play the game. If you've never played or have been close to someone who has played, I find it very difficult to get people to come over to that side to really appreciate the science of baseball. I love it for one personally, but it's very difficult now in this day and age of instant gratification and quick hits and clips and speed. Uh, I don't know how long it's going to sustain. It's going to be interesting to see what, what adjustments they make. Yeah. So, I mean, if, if baseball's dead, ice hockey's already, I mean, it's already in the mud, but that's definitely dead, huh? I mean, uh, ice hockey's been trying forever, but they, they just, I mean, come on now. Uh, like, I, I love baseball, but I'm, I, ice hockey, I'm, I'm not doing that. They did. I mean, if baseball... Hockey, hockey's, got a, hockey's got a pretty robust following over here. Hockey, I think, has a better chance to survive because of the speed of it. 
they may have to cut down from three periods to two, to be quite honest with you. Two, having two intermissions in a game as a fan, no it's easy to leave after the second period. Yeah. You know, I, I, I think that, that if there's one thing, if I'm changing in hockey, I'm, I'm, I'm going, you know, two, two 25 minute periods, maybe with, with, you know, longer timeouts when you can have some more fan friendly engagement. But the three periods of 20 is very difficult to watch as a fan unless you're really in for the long haul or the best time to watch hockey playoffs and i tell you what the only time to watch it is the playoffs i mean uh we got to be honest here as well you do have the frozen tundra called minnesota and a tiny little country called canada where they have nothing to do uh so they'll probably save that whole entire sport by themselves so very very lucky there america being a huge country coach um man this is this has been awesome i wanted to get to to, to something else but you you actually uh, presented me a, a, a you know you appealed to my journalistic integrity and big time j- journalism there uh, when you spoke about uh, e sports, which is not really a sport. I mean, let's let's not be ridiculous. I'm I'm not going to be. I, I, by the way, coach isn't saying this. I'm saying it. It's not really a sport. It's a it's an industry of entertainment, which is cool. Whatever if you're doing it, but let's look after our health and maybe let's get outside and learn to walk. As children can't have um, 300 pound 15 year olds walking around the world. We just cannot have that. Um, but what we can talk about is now. I've got news for you, Coach. You probably don't know this, but you've been saying it wrong the whole time since you and your partner started the company because I've heard a lot of task human, all of that. It's actually task human, but we'll say it as task human. Task. Yeah, it's, it's task human. That, that's actually the correct way to say it. Oh, by the way, Coach, huge news coming out of our studio. Now, you are from New York and this community uh, is quite prominent there. We have a kid here, one of our technical guys. By the way, this this guy, sound guru, and he, wow, moving and grooving. A guy called Ryan. I don't think you've met Ryan, but big news coming out in his life, and he's undergoing a huge change as we speak. Friday nights for him will change forever. Uh, he found out the other day that, uh, oh, Ryan's not quite in shot there. We'll have to center him a little bit. Uh, that he is, in fact, one quarter kosher. He's one quarter Jewish uh, is what he's found out now. So you're looking at a man who's currently transitioning uh, from the spiritual side. I, he, I don't think he's going to do the seven years of conversion, but I just thought I'd share that with you, coach. I want to share the team with you. So Ryan finding out today that he's one quarter. He's actually a, a Cohen in the past. So a big moment for all of us in studio because we're all about inclusivity and expanding. We've got Zulu. We've got Klosser. We've got uh, James who can't decide whether he's Afrikaans or English. He's neither. He's a pale uh, representation of both. And now we, and then we've got Zulu, of course, in uh, welcome at the back there. But Ryan, one quarter Jewish um, coach, I just thought I'd share that with you as a New York guy. I mean, the, that community is very close to you. So Mazel Tov to our guy and just, you know, um, uh, good Yontuch, as they say. Mazel, Mazel. I'm, I'm excited to hear about the transition, especially with that shirt that he's wearing. If he's going to come in with that shirt, he better have something to stand for. Yeah, yeah. So that's welcome. That, that, that's another guy who isn't, uh, he, he may or may not be Jewish as well. We can bring welcome back on screen just so uh, we can see. I, I don't know whether he's going to reveal uh, sort of an 18th of Jewish. So that's welcome over there. Uh, so sometimes if I, you hear me saying welcome, I'm not saying, um, you, you, you know, it's a great, it's a great time to see you. We actually have somebody called welcome working here who may or may not be Jewish, but the other guy, Ryan, is very, very Jewish at the moment. So, uh, and isn't that a wonderful thing, Coach, in the, in the spirit of inclusivity? Diversification in your studio is very impressive. Absolutely. I have to say, I'm, I'm excited that hopefully hopefully one day get over there in person and, and take it to another level with the crew. Absolutely. Uh, but nevertheless, excited to meet everybody. Absolutely. Congrats, Mazel, Ryan. Mazel's. Hey, Mazel. Mazel tov, right? Mazel, Ryan. Ma- hey, hey, there he is. Look at that shirt. Look at that thing. What a- 
I don't know. I don't know if it's the black and white effect of the, of the back of the room, but that shirt is popping, man. Look at that thing. That thing's got a lot going on. Ryan's drip is unbelievable, Coach. Every time he comes here, look at that watch. Woo! He's he's got every pair of limited edition shoes that Phil Knight has ever released. By the way, along with I was gonna say, he have shoes. Does oh, have shoes are you kidding that? me? Can, can we get a shot of? I don't know what Ryan's wearing today. He, he's got. Listen, I met this kid for the very first time. He's. His pants are always like funky. He's in the hip hop game. He's big into music as a producer. He comes from a sound engineering background. So, uh, Ryan, let's have a look at those shoes. What are we rocking today, buddy? Or, oh, 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 sorry, uh, my mensch. Sorry. Uh, we are rocking the Kobe's. Oh, no, today. can't hear you. Oh, wait, hold on. Probably have to turn the mic on, but. You look like Kobe, uh, that's Kobe, yeah, it's uh, the Kobe's. Right All right. We're rocking the Kobe's today. Oh, there it is. I can hear you. So, Ryan, uh, what are we, what are we rocking there? You can tell, coach, we couldn't hear you before. Oh, we are rocking the Kobe's today. I think they're the Kobe threes. Uh, yeah. I don't know. It's, it's, uh, there's no color here, but it's the black and gold, uh, white and gold versions. And so, Ryan, what other pairs do you have? I mean, uh, Coach is just uh, obviously meeting you as you're transitioning uh, from Tin Line to Cohen. Uh, what other shoes do you have? Um, I've got a pair of Jordan 10 NYC City packs. I've got um, a pair of Mambas as well. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think what else. Oh, you got so many. Plus, Ryan, you, you know what? In a time where you're transitioning from uh, Gentile to kosher, is I don't expect you to remember all of the shoes you've got. So I think that's enough. I don't want to put you under that kind of pressure. But, Coach, uh, as we transition out, you've been awesome today. Uh, task human, uh, for the sake of this show, is obviously something that may come into parents struggling with their kids. You, you, you know, as you said, now kids... It's almost been validated for two years, uh, give or take, to sit inside and be and interact with uh, the virtual world. But I mean, I'd imagine there are plenty of parents you are encountering that are struggling to get their kids and pull them out of that world. And listen, as much as the virtual world can serve a kind of a dopamine hit, in the end, uh, we are still human beings and we need natural stimulus. What sort of uh, pattern have you heard, seen, encountered with customers that are parents that are trying to get their their children's mental health on board? And how can task human to help them yeah i'm excited what we're doing to connect people to what they need when they need it at, at task human uh, <laughs> we do we do have we do have parent we have new parent wellness on there because that's obviously a challenge for new parents but you know every, if you take every day a, a, as a challenge as a parent you're basically a new parent every day because there'll be new challenges coming up so we're, we're proud to have have experts from around the world available on demand, uh, live, one-on-one, for parents to come on and and gain what they need on a daily basis because that can fluctuate and change. You never know what the challenges are going to be with your kids, especially nowadays. So that and about 800 other well-being, preventative well-being topics uh, we're we're successfully getting out to the masses worldwide uh, and excited to be able to provide that tool and looking forward to, to it growing and becoming even more common and hopefully available to everybody on their on their mobile device uh, as soon as they pick it up. Fantastic. Coach, and just before we go, Senza Steve does have something to say to you. And uh, there it is. <laughs> oh, that's wonderful. Hey, Pop, how are we doing today? Oh, I mean, just wonderful to hear. And that's wisdom, isn't it, Coach? Could have said it better myself. <laughs> On that note, Coach Karakita, you are fantastic, and we look forward to having you back uh, next week. You've been uh, that was awesome. That was really, really awesome. Can't, can't wait to have you next week, Coach. Uh, have a great uh, uh, rest of the week and the weekend. Thank you, you two guys. Good to see everybody. Congrats again, Ryan.
<laughs> coach saying Mazel Tov uh, to Tinline uh, Co in here in studio. His name Ryan Tinline. Uh, absolutely awesome to have him join the crew. Welcome as you've met uh, Ryan. Uh, Ryan's in the back. Uh, the Mensch. He's now the Mensch back there. He's got James with him. Uh, awesome to have Jimbo in there uh, and to Sipo. And then of course we'll finish off with our guy uh, Senzos Tebe. He's, he hasn't looked better in years. My name is MKT, ladies and gentlemen. You're looking for the podcast. It is the MKT Show. You can find that on cliffcentral.com, the Cliff Central app, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast. If you're with us on YouTube, please click like and subscribe to the channel and make sure you hit that bell so that every time we are on live 12 to 2 uh, Central African time, every single afternoon, it'll remind you that it is go time. But for today, ladies and gentlemen, the MKT show is the hell. Adi. Cliffcentral.com. Hey, what's happening? It is your hostess of the mostest, MKT here uh, from the infamous MKT show, live on Cliff Central Sport on YouTube. Catch myself and many other passionate sports fans, enthusiasts, uh, maniacs, live on YouTube every day from 12 till 2 p.m. Central African time and from 3 to 5 live on the Cliff Central app, cliffcentral.com, or wherever you may consume Cliff Central's content. In case you missed the live stream, the MKT show is also available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Don't forget, like, share, subscribe, be a friend, tell a friend. If you're joining us for the very first time on YouTube, hit that button. The button is below. Get involved in the comment section. This is Mbulelo Kayele Tutinta, and I approve this message. Yes, you can.